to the rap lab. Walk, walk, walk to the rap lab. Ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into an all new episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. It's your boy, also known as the Candyman, ALFRE to the D. And it's never debated, and it's QG always way to keep it rated. Yours truly. Yeah, ain't no father like me. It's your boy V, Rev Barber MC. Alright, and uh quick announcements before we get into today's topic. Um today. Um, I just like to announce that merchandise is available for shipping overseas. So if you one of the people in Pakistan, Canada, or wherever else you, uh, you listen to the Rap Lab Paraguay and every other country where I didn't know hip hop existed, but it does exist and y'all do understand English, I appreciate y'all. Y'all can get the merch teespring.com, T E E S P R I N G.com. Um, and yeah, you get your mugs, your hoodies, your stickers, your COVID masks, everything. Second announcement, again, like we said every week for the last three weeks, uh, we will be in Atlantic City live, L-I-B-E, Boardwalk Buds Convention in the Showboat Casino and Hotel. Uh, If you want to hang out with us, it's $100 to gain entry. You're getting access to six professional wrestling shows, one MMA show, two comedy shows, uh, a bunch of food sampling trucks, and uh, all the herbal-themed activities you can enjoy. Wink, wink, wink. Hint, hint. But, uh, yeah, Boardwalk Buds, June 25th through June 28th. It's only $100, folks, and y'all be in AC for everything else, so come say hello. We're going to have some exclusive stuff for y'all out there. Uh, without further ado, um, today's episode, which has been longly awaited, highly anticipated, we're going to talk about the lifetimes and career and the music of Eminem, which I know I'm a... Get a lot of heat for on today's episode because I got some views. But uh, we got two guests in the building, uh, not one but two. Uh, we introduced the first guest, a returning guest, making his second appearance on the lab. 
my high school classmate, my good friend, a longtime friend of the show, uh, Mr. Nivlak Lamage. Nivlak, introduce yourself to the people once again, my friend. What's going on, people? It's Nivlak Lamage, Mr. Always Right, uh, co-host of the Always Right podcast. Follow me on IG, Facebook, Twitter, um, Nivlak Lamage. Follow the podcast, all underscore ways underscore right on IG. Uh, always right on Facebook if you want to find the group. Um, thanks for having me back, yo. Absolutely. Welcome, Welcome back, bro. I, I'm not going to lie. I came to argue with Alfred more than anything else. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. We, uh, you, you asked for this, Al. Listen, listen. It's going to be all right because at the end of the day, no matter what set me in the black still boys for, forever, man. <laughs> it's just I got to school him musically one time. But, um... <laughs> And then our second guest, uh, first time on the pod, first time in the lab, and uh, somebody very special to one of us. Uh, you know what, uh, Mr. Rev Barber, you can do the introduction yourself, my man. All right, we got Mrs. Rev Barber MC, Miss Jessica Ruiz. Hey, what's good? Hey. What's the word? Most importantly, what up, though? From the Dirty yes, the Midwest Princess. There yes, bringing the 313 to the NYC, you feel me? And for those and for those who don't know what the three one three is, can you tell the people? The three one three is the area code of the Detroit metro. And uh, as uh, as Trick Trick once said, "Welcome to Detroit City." Hey. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what we talking about. We here to talk about Eminem, and who better than somebody who's from where Eminem is from, where Eminem is from? So you know what I mean. Uh, so since, oh yeah, that's my guy. So since we brought up area codes and three one three, and we brought up Detroit. Let's do a little backstory first before we get into Eminem himself. We want to talk about the landscape of Detroit hip hop prior to Eminem coming on the scene in '96. Um, honestly, there was no hip hop because Detroit is known was known for two things prior to anything in rap, and that's uh, Kellogg's cornflakes being manufactured in town and General Motors being manufactured in town. <laughs> Can anybody tell me if I'm wrong or I'm right in that statement? Well, nah, you're, you're low-key right. right. Half right. What am I half right? What am I wrong on? Not saying that you're wrong. At that time, there's only one... I mean, not just Detroit. There's only one rapper I knew that was coming out of Michigan. Cool. In the early 90s, and that was MC Bree. MC Bree? He's from Flint, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. But he, he didn't have no Eminem-type success. Well, yeah, he, no. he may not have had Eminem type success, but he did do a record with Pac, though. That is true. They did that Ant Banks, um, that Ant Banks record, and a lot of people mistake MC Breed as being from, uh, being from California. Let me ask a question before we proceed. Um, and Jess, we'll ask you because you're from there. Exhibit, is he more LA or is he Detroit? Uh, because it it sounds you know, I know. For a long time, it sounded like he he was repping L.A. He sounded like he was from L.A. Yeah, he has kind of a big West Coast sound, but he, you know, he's from Detroit. But it's like his sound, I think, is generally like, like, you know, West Coast and all that stuff like that. Because like even that um, that song X, which is one of the few that I remember by Exhibit, like it sounded very West Coast to me growing up. I didn't I didn't know that Exhibit was from Detroit until I saw I heard him say it on the episode of Pimp My Ride. So. You know. Oh yeah. Okay, he don't even have a Midwestern accent or anything. No, that's why I say he sound like he's from LA, but uh 
Yeah, that but and, and he was working with Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre made X when he said, dun, 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 dun. "Hey man, listen. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna bring up, if you're gonna bring up exhibit, you also got to shout out King T first. Yeah, that's true. And the alcoholics and them. But funny enough, a little sidebar: he moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, in '84. Who exhibit? Yeah, after his um, after his father um. Actually, no. After his um, his mom passed away uh, in 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 eighty four, he moved with his dad in Albuquerque, and he lived out there until he was seventeen. And then you know he started writing raps, and then he moved to L A. and he never looked back. No, no, no wonder, no wonder the the the, the Detroit resident in the room doesn't claim him. All right. <laughs> well, he was in Eight Mile. He was in Eight Mile. I know so he, he was in Eight Mile. Though. We gonna he talk about, about that. Yeah, gonna, he was there. He was there. We we gonna talk about that. But uh, let's let's talk about Eminem. Um, Eminem, his formal name, Marshall Mathers. Um, burst on the scene in the underground in Detroit, 1996, with his album Infinite. Which, doing research on this episode, that goddamn album is so goddamn hard to find. Um, yeah. uh, it frustrated the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh, let, let's let's talk about it. So the album was recorded ninety five to ninety six. Um, I mean he he works he works here with Proof uh, of D twelve. He works with Mister Porter. Um, but not but nothing real notable, honestly. Um, but it does get some critical acclaim. Uh, despite selling seventy copies locally, um, he has this, the only notable track is the song Infinite. So, uh, Nivlak, you yeah, that's you, the you, only one you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, yeah, like that's the only one that you can find on Spotify. And yeah, he was he sold that album like out of the trunk of his car and stuff. So, but he was, you know, it it didn't sell well. They would, I mean, they would call it a flop, but it's like at the same time he didn't have like some major record label promoting it or something like that. He like physically sold copies of this album. So I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't know how like how many records people usually sell out that uh, out of this. <laughs> their cars or whatever but um you know i think between like for you being somebody who's not necessarily well known if you sell 70 copies or however many copies he thinks he sold i mean why that's not a terrible thing and it was a great album i thought it was great and and here's the thing back in that era because for for you younger folk and people in the digital age cds was the way to do it and um we've we've talked before on this show Master P was somebody slinging tapes out the back of his car. E-40 slang tapes out the back of his car. So Eminem was doing the same thing. Um, Nivlak, since you're such a, um, a huge M fan, um, tell us your, your, your opinion of, of Infinite. Because I know your opinion would be far higher than mine. So I actually first discovered Infinite in like 2011. Um, I had an old head co-worker, right? And him, me and him used to always like just talk hip-hop. He was always trying to school me like... He actually put me on Kendrick Lamar before Kendrick Lamar got big. And I used to, like, he put me on, he let me hear a track. I'm like, yo, ain't all that. He was like, yo, watch, he going to be big. And he wasn't wrong. So, like, he was telling me about him. Uh, we was chopping it up. I'm like, yo, he my favorite rapper. He's so nice. Ah, 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 ah. And then he hit me one of them Alfred moves. He was like, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was telling me about this one track he had where he had wrote about a, a, a lady that he had um, dated. And it was a black woman. He was like, yo, you got to check that out. So he was like, listen to Infinite. And I'm like, the fuck is Infinite? He's like, yo, his first album. I'm like, yo, I'm pretty sure his first album is the Slim Shady LP. Like, 
And then he was like, nah, bro, you got to do your homework. So he put me on this is back when, like, LimeWire. Was LimeWire in 2011? Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. I know he did. Yeah. He yes, torrent, like, <laughs> um, I got a virus from that shit. So many. <laughs> but um, I haven't listened to the album recently, but I do remember in my memory, like, uh, listening to it and thinking, like, one, this is not the Eminem that I know. Um, but it's not, it's not bad. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. in 2011 though, like I was just like, he sounded like this is his first album. Like he sounded like, he sounded like me in 2011. Like when I first started rapping myself, like, you know what I mean, and I don't mean that like his skill wasn't up to par or anything, but just like compared to where he was when I first heard this album, it was just mad at me. You know what I mean? No, I got you. Um, Jess, let me ask you a question. So you was living in Detroit at the time that this dropped, right? Yeah, definitely. I was like five, six years old. Okay, so you, all right, so you wouldn't even, um, you probably didn't even hear it when it was, when it, when it dropped when you was a kid, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Nah, the first album that, uh, I became conscious of Eminem in like, uh, when the Slim Shady LP came out because I had a family member who worked, um, like heavily in music, not like in the industry or nothing, but she um, she worked at like there was a record store called Aces Jams. She worked there. Um, anybody listening from Detroit, they'll know the um, the shopping mall Mammoth that's right there on um, Grand River and Greenfield. It it's now defunct pretty much, but um, there was like this area where people would have booths and stuff, and she had like Mad Records, Mad tapes, Mad CDs, and stuff like that. So she had. Uh, the Slim Shady LP on tape, and that's when I first heard it when I was really, really young. Gotcha, gotcha. Yo, yo, QG, you know who who, who produced Infinite, right? Uh, from my knowledge of the album itself, let me let me point out that uh, I first heard Infinite probably I want to say in. Maybe 2010, I believe. Somebody sent it to me. Uh, I'm going to get to your question. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. But what intrigued me about it in an Eminem interview, he says he was heavily influenced by uh, Nas's Illmatic and Tupac, Me Against the World. He was 24 years old at the time when he, when he did this album. And, you know, he was working a dead-end job at uh, Gilbert's Lodge restaurant. He was a dishwasher and a cook, and you could hear the hunger in the album. That's one thing that I really enjoyed. But I know, I know, Mr. Porter, uh, he was heavy on the production on this track, on on the tracks. I loved the album because I could hear the hunger and I could hear the influence of Nas and Az at the time because that's you know he studied the technique and he, he and he and he ran with that. So I thought it was very good. I I particularly loved the song "Never Too Far." That's my favorite song on the album. Gotcha. How about um, Backstabber? Backstabber sampled your boy LL Cool J. Yes, yes, yes. Backstabber was very good. The sample from that album, it was from, um, what's that song? Um, Jealous. Jealous, right, right, right. He even had Get Down by Craig Mack as well, I remember reading. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, and Joey Badass actually sampled uh, "Open Mic." That um, that chorus of "Who the fuck passed you the mic and told you you could blow?" Point him out, bitch. I want to know. And I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to our man's who, Mr. Porter, who we'll talk about later on. The nine. But um, always oh, no. bringing up that whack ass DVD, man. Why don't you get the hell on? <laughs> 
you know, let me live, bro. Let me live. Let me live. But um, so yeah, Eminem also around this time starts out uh, legendary battle rapper, as the uh, as the tale would tell. Um, he's in the underground. He's 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 beating people like crazy, and he's getting acclaimed. And all of a sudden, uh, he gets discovered by the good doctor, the as I like to call him, uh, Mr. Doctor Dre. Funny uh, enough, let me let me let me add in real quick. Ha- has anybody here ever seen any old Eminem footage battles? I have not. What about, you know. what about you, now, Black Jess? You guys seen it? I've seen a few, like oh, like it's been a minute, but um, but yeah, I definitely seen some. Yeah, the one with Juice, I've seen a lot. The one he had with Juice in '97. Yeah, and then and then uh, he battled Caniva, right? Yep. From D12. That That's the one tight. I saw. Yeah, that was tight. That was tight. And uh, he was in Scribble Jam, though, Eminem. Yeah, I think he came in second, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he, he, you know, he's been tested in the battle world, correct. And then you mentioned Dre, Candyman. So, yeah, so uh, his name is Dre, the motherfucking doctor. And um, <laughs> they hook up, and he gets signed to, uh, to Aftermath. And we've talked about it on this show before. Um... Before Eminem came aboard, Aftermath didn't come out the gate too fast. They had that one compilation that dropped in uh, 96. Even though it sold well, a lot of people didn't critically receive it. And um, people are looking at Dre like, yo, like my man's like, you mean to tell me you leave Big Sugar and Death Row and you, you can't find any traction? But then uh, Eminem drops the Slim Shady LP. And I think that's the... Uh, that's the life raft that saved aftermath. If I'm correct, am I right? Am I right or wrong, Q? No, you're correct. And funny enough, he thought Eminem was black when he heard the uh, when he heard the demo tape. And uh, the Slim Shady, the Slim Shady LP. Now, personally, and I've said this before in conversations offline between you and I, this is my favorite era of Eminem by far. Mm-hmm. The Eminem, the Eminem with the blonde hair and the mm-hmm. and the white tee and the blue jeans and the white kicks. Right. Um yeah, this is this is my uh and let's not forget he what really got him um what really got him up with Dre was the Slim Shady EP. So Yelp is kind of like a sequel to it. Um Dr. Dre sent his tape to Jimmy Iovine. Slim Shady LP is born in 19 it was recorded in that from 97 to 98. It drops two days before what would have been my eighth birthday, February 23rd, 99. Um, let's look at these notable tracks. My Name Is, which was what really got uh, Eminem on the board. And you know what? As an eight-year-old kid, because I vividly remember watching um, watching uh, the video music box uh, back in the day. And, all I can rem- and, and what I vividly remember as a kid was it was so melodic. Hi, my name is what? My name is. That was is the first who? song I heard from M. Yeah, I was like, like <laughs> and and like mo- and like you know, at that point in time, a lot of like rap, rap wasn't slow unless you listen to Mace. Nobody was rapping slow, so the fact that that song like it just caught me, right? So you have that. Uh, you have his collaboration track, which I found very funny with Dr. Dre. Guilty conscience, which is like listening to a conversation. Great song. Uh, I know why you find it funny. Why? That last part. What last part? What he said about the shower. Oh, that part. I mean, yeah, you really gonna listen to somebody who slapped D Barnes? Like that's incredible. That's a credible question. (laughs) Real quick, um, yeah, sorry. I just want to interject while we're talking about guilty conscience. This is like one of my top five favorite uh, M tracks. 
and I haven't done it yet, but I always wanted to do a a, a track like that was like me talking to me. I wouldn't have like a Dr. Dre. I'd be by myself, but I want to do a track like that so bad. And every yeah, time man. I hear this song, every single time I hear this song, I try my best to rap the whole entire song. Nice. Oh, Would it have like that comedic type of um that comedic air to it that it um that uh, so Eminem it's twenty twenty one so I'm not gonna be wild like Eminem and Dre was because they was wild on especially on that second verse um I ain't gonna front that second verse making yeah. mad uncomfortable now <laughs> I like mm. it, 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 it didn't it, it did not age well and no yeah no, definitely no. not definitely uh, not but the first and the last verse yeah I could kind of flow like that right. And um, we, we get introduced to a lot of key players in Eminem's musical career and his life in this album. Um, Paul Rosenberg gets his own skit. Paul, of course, is Eminem's manager. He yeah. would be featured on skits throughout the rest of Eminem's discography. And um, in particular, track number 19, entitled Bad Meets Evil, featuring Royce to 5'9", who we affectionately refer to as Nickel 9. And um, they had a little duo... Um, called song. Bad Meets yep. Evil. That was a great song, that and uh, that was very good. It's 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 starting right right after this album where they have a falling out that turns into a beat later on. I guess uh, Dr. Dre just didn't didn't mesh well with Royce. Is that the story? Nah, nah, nah. I thought um, it was that. Um, oh, sorry. Go. Ahead. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead, Jess. Take it. No, I mean, uh, as far as I knew, I thought that it came from. Uh, Royce, uh, Royce of Five Nine, dissing D Twelve. Like I know he wrote, he made like a lot of diss songs towards them or whatever. And there was, um, eventually there was one that he kind of dissed him directly. But I thought it was, I thought it was kind of mainly him inheriting that beef, um, having to do with D Twelve because, like you know, that's those his people's, that's his group. So it's like, like you know, you're not gonna right, it, right. I mean, um, yeah, and initially, my bad, yeah, to cut too. Initially, ready. Um, Devil, um, Royce and Eminem's joint was initially shelved for Devil's Night, and Royce felt the kind of way about that. Yeah, yeah he's right. Also, uh, Royce's manager made a comment about Dr. Dre in a magazine where he said, "I've seen M sit Dre down and school him through certain songs and certain raps." Dre didn't like that comment. This is according to Royce. And Dre was like, you know, Royce, you and I are cool, but you got to get rid of that manager. Royce didn't want to get rid of the manager. And at the same time, Royce was Eminem's hype man. He's working on Rock City, and he is focused on that. M has a tour that he's doing. And then Royce, he's like, nah, man, I got to work on this album. I can't make the tour. So when that happened, that's when Proof started to become Eminem's hype man. And the more M hung around with Proof, more of the D12 guys started to come back around again because M wasn't really rocking with them at the time when he was staying out in California. So now Proof is back in the mix. That's when all the rest of the guys come back. And then Royce was just kind of faded out. And, it, you know, Royce felt the way about that because Rock City dropped finally and it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So... And and the, and the sad thing about Rock City, he was re, he was starting to record that in '99. Rock right. City didn't drop till 2002, and it right. dropped on Koch Records, aka the Graveyard. So you know it wasn't selling. But yeah, uh, yeah he had a buzz, you know what I mean. But it kind of just started to die down a little bit because it took real long to came out, like you said. 
And uh, what furthermore, a lot of people don't know this, but what furthermore um, uh, put distance between Royce and M, uh, Renegade, which you could hear on Jay-Z's Blueprint, the first one, was originally M and Royce, and Royce got removed off the track and replaced with Jay-Z. So there's a little history for uh, all of you out there. Um, but we, we're going to touch on Royce in just a bit. The following... Yeah, go ahead. I'm a little upset that Royce didn't spit over that beat. Like, I want to hear that now. Now that you say that, I want to hear that. It's out there. It's out there. It's out there? All right. If y'all know where I can find it, please put me on after this. Absolutely. I think I could track it down on YouTube because I've heard it. It's Um, out there. Also, shout out Ken Kniff from Connecticut, for those that know that name. (laughs) 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 Yo, back on front, when I was a kid, I was listening to that shit, and I was like, when I wanted to bother my brother, I would do that voice. It's just say wild shit to him when my mom wasn't around. He used to hate that shit. Yo, that skit is too damn funny, man. Eminem, I don't know where he came up with that from. He's like, how'd that voice go again? Anybody that could do it? He's like, yeah, yeah, you guys. It's Ken Kniff from Connecticut. Yo, hilarious. I'll give him a piece of my mind. Ken Kniff from Connecticut. I'll give him a piece of my ass. Yo, man, he's not gross. Oh, man. Disgusting, but it's hilarious. There's one thing that um this album, well, this is actually the second album I heard from Eminem. I started with Marshall Mathers, actually. I did um, it the same way, yep. Yeah, but listening to this, I mean, listening to Marshall Mathers, you get it too, but listening to this, I was like, yo, this man is really a storyteller. Not, like, not just in his rhymes, but these skits are fucking Correct. amazing. Like, Correct. Oh, man. Speaking of that, um, one of the songs on the Slim Shady LP, like As the World Turns, that one, that was kind of one that I really paid attention to his mm. level of storytelling because he was he was just very descriptive. Like when he was mm-hmm. talking about how he's fighting some fat bitch who uh, swallowed his leg whole <laughs> like an egg roll, that shit killed me. Like, oh man! But that was I that mean, was one of my favorite songs off that album. I love Brain Damage as well, where he talks about that bully, where he talks about mm-hmm. the Angela Bailey. In fact, that dude sued him over that too. Yeah, which is wild to me. Yeah, but D'Angelo Bailey put him in a coma. So I mean, like, yeah, like what you gonna owe me, you bro? Like, forgot? <laughs> right? Like you thought he forgot because you put him in a coma? Like, me, bro. Like I own that now. Like what you talk about? Yeah, exactly. And um, with the Slim Shady LP, it debuted at number two. You know what came out the same day as that album and and, and beat it in the in the standings for number one? TLC's that? fan mail. Would you believe that? Wow. Amen. That was a great album. <laughs> well, no scrub. That's the album with no scrub I right? love TLC. I no yeah yeah. There, right? I yep. That's why. That's yep. Why. <laughs> yeah. But um, now here's what here's the last point before we get off Slim Shady LP. Now, obviously, everybody in this room that's on this podcast right now would agree that it's a classic, correct? I would agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe better. it. I would say so. Yeah. So yeah, here's. Here's the thing. So I, I oh here and, you and, go. And, no, hold on. I do agree it's a classic. But in preparation for this episode, I read an old Time Magazine article, right? And not Time Magazine, sorry, Rolling Stone, right? And there was a comment in reference to this album and Eminem that I didn't quite agree with, and it said that the Slim Shady LP and Eminem both proved um, the 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 stereotype. That white people cannot rap. I mean, it disproved the stereotype that white people cannot rap. 
And I read that, and I was just like, who said white people couldn't rap? Because there were white rappers before Eminem who made great music. And me oh, and Nick Black actually had this conversation earlier today in the IM. I'm like, we had um, MC Search and Third Base came out way before I Eminem. Big, I was a big Third Base fan. So and cool. for those of y'all who don't know, uh, real quick, um, MC Search and Third Base was on Def Jam. Uh, it was a group of two white rappers, and they actually had beefs uh, with KRS-One, which was uh, pretty nasty. Good, some good battle records. It would be. Yeah, and, they had uh, beef with the Beastie Boys, too. And yeah, and that's just where I was going fun to. Fun Detroit fact. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt again. But uh, fun Detroit fact, MC Search actually used to host uh, the morning radio show on WJOB. I used to listen to it religiously. Every nice. morning before I went to school, started at six. I mean, it ended at ten, so I didn't listen to the end or nothing like that. But it was uh, MC Search, Coco, and Foolish in the morning. WJLB. So he did that for a few years until I don't know um, why he departed or whatever. But then it was replaced with this super ugly nigga, uh, Mr. Chase. So, um, but yeah, I used to, I used to listen to Search on the um, on the radio every morning in Detroit. So that was fun. Wow, and, and MC Search is from Far Rockaway, Queens. So to go to Detroit to do a radio show, that's that's deep. Yes, but sir. um, but yeah, and then, and then like you said, um, the Beastie Boys who who came before um third base, so it's just like how could how could that you know I found that to be highly inaccurate. They must have been thinking they must have only heard Vanilla Ice before they listened to Eminem. Well, and, on the uh, records he sold, yeah, Vanilla Ice was more mainstream and popular because of that because of going diamond. So yeah, yeah, I mean Beastie Boys had some platinum albums. Um, Def Jam he certainly went diamond. Yeah, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Diamond. Vanilla yeah. Ice's Ice album. Ice Ice Baby song? Yeah, or the whole that's, that's album. Oh, okay. No, the, the whole yeah. album. The whole album oh. because of that one record. <laughs> oh, my. And t- he didn't go diamond. I mean, he didn't go gold. He didn't go platinum. He went diamond. 10 million sold. But, um, but yeah, so when I read that, I'm like, all right, hold on. Like, Eminem is good, but let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. He, he was the first white rapper to prove that white uh, to disprove that white people can't rap. That that to me that was crazy. But I mean, uh, technique, I guess. I guess the, the yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Saying. Because like his yeah. technique is definitely a lot different than the um well the Beastie, than, you know yeah, the, the white yeah, the, rappers before him. I can agree with that because the Beastie Boys style is completely different, and their beats are. Com- I don't think they could rap over Eminem beats and vice versa. But Correct. um, moving on. So one year later. Uh, he finds even more success which with another classic. I'm dubbing this one a classic too. Oh, uh, Marshall, for, for sure. Marshall Mathers LP. Oh, and yeah. um, yes, my top five album. What an album! And um, yo, and this what album, an album like, indeed takes a darker turn than the first one. Um, as a kid, I vividly remember that music video for Stan. And I know I said this a couple of weeks ago, but that fucking video! Oh my god! Like, I, and you know what's you know what's funny? When I was a kid, I didn't quite understand what I was watching at the time. But as I got older, and you know, you get older, you go back and watch stuff from when you was younger. But when I finally realized what that song and what that video was talking about and what a stand actually is, I was like, shit. You know the funny part about that is, too? I think, like, especially when you pop in the CD or whatever, you know how he starts off with the public service announcement and then mm-hmm. Kill You comes in. I think he picked up right where he left off with the Slim Shady. And then, you know, because when you hear Kill You, he's like, I can't rap about Coke no more, being broke no more, bend over like a slut. Okay, Maza. Oh, man, he's picking up right where he left off. And then when you get into Stan, that's when he starts to get serious. 
that's what made me respect him more as a writer. I said, okay, now we got something here. He's he's making a movie. So yeah, I totally I, yeah he he was more serious with this album. Oh yeah, and uh, my favorite track is actually my well my two favorite tracks. One of them is uh well you know, uh Snoop did it first, but M took the remix. Bitch please too. And then uh the sleeper track of the album is Who Knew, in my personal opinion. <laughs> I never knew why. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> one. Oh man, that's one of my fa- that's definitely one of my favorites. Out there. I mean the the whole album for me is a no skip. So I you know I might be a little bit biased, but yeah, definitely Who Knew, Marshall Mathers. That was um see I'm just Marshall Mathers. Like I I find myself quoting that line about uh about uh, new kids on the block suck a lot of dick. <laughs> just just randomly, just randomly quoting that shit. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and he also dissed Vanilla Ice on this album. So yeah, <laughs> he dissed bad people. Now you know what? Yeah, he was coming Insane Clown hooks. Posse. He the way that he flamed Insane Clown Posse because they are like. I don't know. I found them very, very creepy. I saw. I used to see their videos when I was younger, and I would change it because I I found them very, very creepy. And, I don't say, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, Alfred, you like them for for for. Well, well I like I like Insane Clown Posse for completely <laughs> Ooh, different reasons. You like Insane Clown Posse? Personal, personal story. Real quick, so Insane Clown. I was watching because I'm a big wrestling fan, so I was watching WWF Raw's War one time. And Insane Clown Posse came and they stuck around and was wrestling matches. And I was like, oh, shit. And I didn't hear nothing about their music. I just seen this guy with dreadlocks with clown face paint on wearing hockey jerseys. And I was like, yo, you look kind of cool. And then uh, they, asked, they did I, the Oddities theme song in WWE. Yes, they did. Wow. With, uh, yeah. with Kurgan and Golga. And that song sounded good. So I made the mistake one of one <laughs> birthday. I asked my mom for the great Malenko. And boy, was that a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she when you got to the content of what they was talking about, yeah, Ooh, I got in trouble for that one. But uh, but yeah, insane. Cl- and it's also another side note. Uh, about four months ago, I uh, and Jess, you probably would know what I'm talking about. Um, I went on Amazon because I had always wanted to try Fago, so I bought a, I bought a, um, I bought a bottle of uh, cotton candy flavored Fago, and um, I'm woo. sorry you did that. Yeah, Let, let's cotton just say candy. uh. Let's just say I would have if I would have finished that bottle, I would have got diabetes instantly, and uh, yeah. probably would have got a probably would have got a whole probably would have got a hole burned through my esophagus. So. Oh man! Oh, yeah. I it wish you would have tried Red Pop first. Is it good? Wait, you guys I, like Fago? Red Pop? I mean, of course, like I like Fago. I mean, I grew up on Fago. That's okay, like that, my yeah, childhood. Okay, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's like us with like uh, some tropical fantasies. Yeah. So, so Fago, I'm assuming, is like the 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 Detroit equivalent of tropical fantasy or CNC club soda or something yeah, like pretty, that. Yeah, something like that. Because um, you know, Fago is you know their the headquarters is in Detroit. The factory and stuff like that is in Detroit. So like you know, it's it's a Detroit pop. And yes, I said pop. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, even on the label, it's called Fago Red Pop, not called Fago Red Soda. But um, yeah, that was like growing up. We used to, yeah, my favorite flavor was the um, pineapple orange Fago. But you know, you had uh, dangerous people who like to drink Fago Red Pop and eat hot Cheetos, and oh you god, know, it 
that causes flames. That sounds like a volcano inside your inside. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. But um, but yeah, no, that's the pop I grew up drinking and um the kind candy stuff, that's that's new shit. I'm with the classic flavors that uh the orange, the red pop, rock and rye, the pineapple orange, those are my shits. I wish you would have tried that before you tried that cotton candy shit. I probably can't drink it now because I'm old and so and now the Thomas perspective. Verner's is where it's at. Verner's ginger ale that they have in Detroit. That's where it's at for me. Wow. I, I've never been to Detroit, but uh, hopefully one day I make it to try Red Pop Fago. If it's I got a question. Day. I got a question for E, though, Rev Barber. What up? There's a little debate going on about the song Remember Me saying that Sticky Fingers had the Ooh. best verse. Do you agree with that? I, I agree with that. I'm 100% <laughs> behind Sticky Fingers, man. He killed that joint. He did. Hey, That's that was a good song with RBX and M. That was a very good record. But also, uh, real quick, yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I just nah. wanna, uh, real quick, just say that um, my wife literally hates when I play this album because of the track Kim. And I was just Lord, about, I was right. just about to talk about so that. So wait, real quick, yeah, right when, <laughs> when kill you, I want to talk about kill you real quick before we get to Kim. Go Kim ahead. Is, Kim and I want to tie Kim back to the last album. Also, I probably y'all probably was gonna do that anyway, but I love that he yeah, did what? that. But before we get to that, kill you. Growing up, kill you, probably still to this day actually. But that was my all time favorite song, right? I, can I remember being from the top. younger, bro. Oh my god, I love this song, and my wife hates it. As soon as that shit come on, from the first two seconds, she be looking at me like, "Don't do it." And I be looking at her like, yo, just understand that this energy is not for you personally. Mm. Know what I'm saying? But when I was just a little baby boy, <laughs> my mama used to tell me these crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> right? She used to tell me my daddy was an evil man. She used to tell me he hated me. But then I got a little bit older. <laughs> a little bit older, older, older and I realized she was a crazy one. one. <laughs> and there was nothing there was I could nothing do or say to try to change it. Because that's, that's just the way she was. Yep. They said I can't rap about being broke no more. They ain't say I can't rap about, can't coke, rap no about coke no more. Slut, you think Slut, I won't choke no more until the vocal cords don't work with the more no more? These motherfuckers is thinking I'm playing, thinking I'm saying this shit because I'm, I'm thinking it, thinking it, it just to be saying it. Put your hands Put your down, hands bitch. Down, I ain't going to shoot you. I'm going to pull you to this building and put it through you. Don't get me started. This is my shit. Take it like a slut. Okay, ma. She's going to be listening. Chris, I'm talking directly to my wife. One second. Babe, I love you. He loves you. I love oh, you. Oh, it's man. just a great song. Look, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, but you know, <laughs> but you know what's crazy about you know what's crazy about Woo. these Eminem lyrics. Like, I'm hearing stuff that I know nothing about about Vicodin and all this other crazy stuff he was talking. Because I did my research, I'm like, what the hell is he talking? He talking about taking Vicodin and 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 and, and then the whole thing with the chainsaw. I, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? It's like you going crazy. So, but that's all part of the lyrics. That was part of the character. And, and that's kind of something that I love about Eminem too. Is like, like you said, like you know, as far as not knowing nothing about Viking it, but some yeah. of the shit that he went through and that he rapped white about was just white boy shit. Shit exactly. that he experienced going like this. This is real shit that he experienced or whatever. Like, and that just kind of speaks to his, like the how mm-hmm. genuine he is. Because it's like we don't know shit about snipping glue through a tube and playing Rubik's cube. We don't fucking mm-hmm. know shit about doing Viking. We don't know shit about like all that pill popping and all that stuff like that. Like, 
when I was younger, like, I mean, I, I think I maybe know more people who do shrooms now, but right. when I heard um my fault from off the Slim Shady LP, and he was talking about, I, did, I didn't mean to give you mushrooms, girl, shit like that. And she was like wigging out in the about. corner. I didn't know what he was talking about. I thought like doing shrooms and shit was white people shit. But yeah. there was shit mm-hmm. that, that, you know, he ta- he's talking about like his real experiences being like, you know. Alfred, just, just pay attention just, to what she's saying, please. Just pay I attention am. to just what like, she's saying. Because I'm going to bring it up later. Just like doing white shit. Like, and. Yeah. Like, you know, people, you know, some people don't like him. People will say that he tries to so-called act black or whatever. I'm like, nah, that's a white boy. He just that's has, all white boys. you know, he just has, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course he has black influence or whatever, because he like, like while he was, he, he laid his head in Warren in, um, across eight mile in that, uh, that fucking dusty ass trailer that he lived in with his mom, who was, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeding him all these pills and shit like that. But he was built in Detroit. And like you know the underground and like doing battle raps and shit like that the people that he uh-huh. ran with so that's like I feel like that's all genuine in it my personal opinion. I totally so, agree. You know, and but then he proof. went home and he was all on the white chick. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, I, yeah. No, I mean Viking definitely is that white chick because uh, uh, back in the five hundred four it was heroin, weed, and cocaine, and I ain't hear none of that in Eminem's, <laughs> Eminem's music. So it, it was also bread and bologna, but that's another story. Oh, come on. You still with that? That was weeks ago, bro. Why did <laughs> I even tell you that? Come on. But um, the, funny part too, the funny part, too, the funny part, too, with him, like, because, you know, before he got signed, you know, he thought he wasn't going to make it. He used to throw his rhymes in the garbage and proof used to take it out the garbage. You'd be like, nah, man, come on, keep writing, keep going. You're going to make it. So uh, I thought M was bad until I heard Bizarre. Because I said, bizarre. <laughs> I said, this guy is a hell of a lot worse with oh, the stuff man. that he was talking about. So I was like, M, who are you running with, man? Like, what is this? <laughs> and, 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 and it's fun. Amityville? Oh, Lord. Just the yeah, Bizarre was fucking crazy on that. That was wild, but I, you took my fucking dog and really got the eyelids. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what did me in. I was like, yo, who, who is this bizarre guy, man? Man, and then what about The Way I Am? Oh, my goodness. That song is my joint. Powerful. Yeah. That, that that's, music, that's I think the music song. video is even more powerful than the goddamn yes. song. We're jumping off the building. In there. Bro, that once again speaks to his ability as a storyteller. Um, Just tying his videos into it also. And it's like throughout the song, he's talking about like, yeah, I'd rather be dead than this famous shit anymore. And honestly, this song helped me to develop um like a healthy respect for fame from very early. And I think that I still carry that today because even today, like with all the moves that I'm making, I really don't want to be famous. And I think it started from way back when I was listening to Eminem and just like picking up, especially in this song, like being famous is really not what it's cracked up to be like. Correct. Niggas is really just walking up on you while you with the fam. Like, yo, pay us attention. We we require your time, and it's it, we're demanding it, and you're gonna give it to us. Like, I can't. I oh man, I get like shakes thinking about that. And you know, you know what else is too? Like, '99 was a was a great year for him because we also need to point out. So, what do you say to somebody you hate? Because <laughs> all that anyone was trying out. to bring W eight? Hey, oh yeah, no, that was a great song too. That verse right there. Oh my lord, that I said, wow, M M is really going off. And, and, and he also wrote some uncredited vocals for the Watcher. But that verse right there for, for I mean, forgot about Dre. I mean, 
Wow. And then the album comes out, you know, uh, the Marshall Mathers LP. And it, it was just like a double dose of great writing and great vocals. So, yeah. And was in his bag in 99. And uh, not to mention, um, I think like the hit single of the album, uh, The Real Slim Shady, that music video is so fucking outlandish. Ooh. You want to talk You want to talk about throwing subs at somebody? Y'all remember the part where he's at the award show in the audience? And I think it was Britney Spears there or Christina yes, Aguilera. I don't remember. Christina, it was yes. both of them. He said, uh, Christina, he was talking to Christina Aguilera, better switch me chair so I can sit so next can to Carson Daly and Fred Durst. Hear him argue over who should get his head first. Little, little bitch, bitch put me on blast on MTV. Yeah, and you know what? Christina Aguilera is my girl. I love her music. And, you know, so I didn't, I mean, but I didn't care because I'm just like, you know, they ain't got shit to do with me. But, um, but yeah, he definitely came to her. And she actually did like some rap or some shit that I accidentally downloaded on Kaza this one time. Oh, you're talking about the back towards them? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just like, I was like, oh shit, she, she came back at him. But I'm like, I mean, it's trash, but you know, like you'll, you'll, you'll never, You'll never, uh, you'll never unburn your burn, honey. Sorry, but you know, I mean, but you tried, said, you tried, and I respect I mean, it. You feel me? I mean, the dude said Will Smith don't got a cuss in his raps to sell records. Well, I do, so but I do. Fuck so him. fuck him and fuck I you said, too. Oh no, you dissing Will Smith? What you <laughs> and Will Smith is also my guy. Like Eric, we, me and Eric have had, um, you know. He he thinks I'm goofy or whatever, or I'm or I'm playing around. But I love Will Smith. I think that he's a great rapper. And he's a pioneer, and that he deserves his flowers. But Absolutely. yeah, not. Nah, I just listened to his um this uh, song that he did with Jordan Lucas, and he was still talking about not cussing. And I'm like, like Will Smith, you got to shut the fuck up with that, okay? Because you made bad boys. Nah, so you know, talking about but, but, crazy, but crazy, but like crazy, part. He even definitely even Will, he did. He, even Will responded to M with um, Mr. Nice Guy. I said, yeah, Will, you get, you get, you getting back at him for that. Because side story, I remember, because um, M always finds a, a reason to get back at people. He didn't like what, you know, what Will Smith said when he won the MTV Video Award. I don't talk about killing anybody in my records. I don't cuss in my records. M felt the way about that. And, of course, with the Christina Aguilera thing. That's exactly what happened on MTV. She said, like, because she was hosting yeah, one, one of those that. countdowns, and then she mentioned Kim and everything like that. So M, M found his reasons, you know? And wow. it's funny, because I remember Limp Biscuit being in that He's video, too. He's a sensitive too. guy. He's a sensitive guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Will, yeah. Will, Will, Smith was on, Will Smith was only one of two uh, clean-cut guys from Philly. The other one had too much pudding, so now he's in the slammer, but... I digress. There you oh, go. Wow, for real. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yikes. Like, hey, listen. Hey, listen. It's fuck Bill Cosby, but damn, bro. Listen, listen. That man said that man bought hip hop CDs and, and put them in a pile and set it on fire, all right? And told people to pick their pants up and stop rapping. So I don't I don't give a fuck. Well, I mean, well, well, I mean, he's one of many. You know, there's a lot of others that did that, but this is Dr. Huxtable. I delivered some of you. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> he was a great—he was a great TV father, but he could go to hell. Moving on, him and C. Dolores Tucker, wherever she had, may she burn. But moving on, um, so after the after um Marshall Mathers LP, uh, we don't hear nothing from Eminem uh as far as album wise for about two years. But when we get to 2002, that's a big year for Eminem. Uh, as everybody knows, the Eminem show Diamond 
which we'll get to in a second. Eight Mile, the fucking movie. See that theaters. So that in theaters. Let's talk about Eight Mile, the movie, real quick. Um, I don't think I I feel kind of bad because you know he he was hanging out with the uh, the mentally disabled, and why the mentally disabled had a gun, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) You mean Cheddar Bomb? Cheddar Bomb. When he shot, when he shot himself in the balls. And he was hanging out with the fake Bazaar, the more uh, the mentally steady version of Bazaar. Yeah, word. Ten <laughs> freaking gals. Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer Sh- shout out, shout out to Makai Pfeiffer with them dreads, man. That didn't look natural at all. Yeah, I just want to throw in. I saw nah. that joint. I saw that joint in a movie theater, and it was so packed I had to sit in the steps. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, 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 you serious? That's your, that's your life story. Yeah, bro. Yo, bro, that joint was almost sold out. We had to bro, sit in the steps. Bro, I, yo, let me tell you. When I, I went to go see that... You had to sit in the steps, bro. <laughs> hey, yeah. man, it's all good. There was a couple of joints, man, we had to sit in the steps for. Mostly the hip-hop joints, man. We all showed up. Well, listen, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't have assigned seats in movie theaters at the time. But, right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> when, when, I, when I went, I sat on the steps, but there was dudes leaning up against the wall in the aisleway watching Hell that yeah. movie. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. I smoked my joint in the sunrise theaters. Word. Yeah, man, but that damn, movie... y'all was dead serious. I didn't see that shit until it came out. Of, uh, came out the theaters. Oh yeah, had to go see it. Nah, I had to go see it. And, and first time on VHS. And and me and Q have a history of going to see these hip hop films the first the first week or the first day they come out. So, yeah. um, but yeah. but but nah. So uh, so like, let's talk about Eight Mile the movie. Big 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 box office attraction. Uh, right. Grosses m- grosses millions at up until that point. It was the uh, well, they didn't have many hip hop biopics at the time, but it, I guess it was one of the first. But it grossed millions, and um, yeah, it was a story about his life. He played himself. Um, that man was working in the, but well, he was working in the um, the the car parts factory, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, yeah, it was, it was some factory. type of factory he was working in. Yeah, he was in the factory. Had, uh, yo, had, had his uh, he beat up he beat up his uh, his mom's boyfriend. He got into all types of. <laughs> Favorite scene ever though is when them dudes came to his to his trailer and beat the fuck out of him. And That's he has your to, favorite scene. And he has to tell nah, because it's powerful. And he had to tell he had to tell his um his, his little sibling to get back inside. Mm-hmm. Talk about he's playing he's dealing he's playing with his friends. Little did little did the little did the little kid know he was getting his ass kicked, but he got nah, back at them towards the end. Nah, he he really did. So it's cra- it's crazy. Uh, shout outs to Showtime because uh, I actually had to go back and watch that earlier this week and they had it on demand. So, uh, yeah, but then also 2002, now I know this doesn't really play into Eminem's career, but he also discovers a young man from Jamaica, Queens named 50 Cent, which was huge because uh, Wankster, well, Wankster, the Ja Rule, this ends up on the 8 Mile soundtrack. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. If, you, if, if you erase Eminem from hip-hop history, there is no 50 Cent and there is no G-Unit, so. And that ain't even my favorite joint on that soundtrack. My favorite joint by 50 is Places to Go. Ah, okay. That was a good joint. Hell yeah! And you can see he followed. You can see he followed the formula by M. You could tell that M was schooling him because, especially the way he was rapping. No, I got places to go. I got people to see. He was following, so that was tight. And I and I feel like you can't talk about Eminem's discography without talking about the Eight Mile soundtrack. Oh yeah, because he won an Oscar for that. Yeah. Or for lose yourself for the song, which he didn't go. He was uh, asleep at home and right. with his daughter. So you know <laughs> that just shows again how he just does not give a fuck, as he has uh, mentioned in multiple songs. 
But not that. But I curse Eight Mile sometimes because it. I think Eight Mile because it it's called Eight Mile and it was such a wildly successful movie. Everywhere that I go, outside of you know, outside of Detroit, and I tell people I'm from Detroit. That's the first thing they ask me. Oh, are you from Eight Mile? Blah, 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 <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, and then I have the misfortune of actually, if I'm gonna be honest with them, I grew up on um i grew up on uh this busy street that crosses eight mile called gratchet i grew up six mile uh six blocks off of eight mile so it's just like i'm like god like oh where'd you live gratchet and eight mile oh you lived on eight mile blah, blah, blah. i'm just like no i don't live on eight mile eight mile is uh is a commercial ass street nobody lives i mean you know there are a few houses on there or whatever but it's not one of those it's not one of those streets that has a bunch of houses where everybody's address like is Atlantic one two six oh two. Yeah, something like that. So it's just mm. like you know. So, so, so when so like, people ask, it just sounds Matt Gordon. Yeah, for the most part. And eight and what people don't understand also is that Eight Mile is the um is the separation between and maybe they like you know every, I'm sure people who at, were attentive to the movie understand this, but Eight Mile is the street that cuts. Detroit off from the suburbs. So anything north of Eight Mile is the suburbs, and th- and whatever south of uh, Eight Mile is Detroit. So you could you walk across Eight Mile and you're in a whole different city. Like um, where I lived off Gratiot, you keep going up Gratiot, you pass Eight Mile. That's East Point. Where Eminem lived was Warren, which is a little bit um, a little bit further down, um, going west. Um, going west down a mile but he lived in warren that's where you see the trailer park because ain't no trailer parks in detroit so that is that's why they kept saying like oh get your ass back across eight mile blah 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 because blah, that's where all the white folks live that's like you know that's the suburbs and shit like that so mm. you know. gotcha gotcha the history right there yeah that, that that's that's tight right there um, am I the only one that liked Rabbit Run? That was my the last no, track. No, Rabbit Run. I liked Rabbit, Rabbit Run. Run. Rabbit Run was cool. You know what I really liked was that Young Z was on the album. That's his boy from the Outsiders. That's oh, cool that's that my joint. Nah, that's Young Z did his thing. Yeah, it was good joint. to see. It was good to see Young I Z. I like that, that album. Yeah, that beat is tight, right? But yo, e, yeah. Rakim is you got Rakim on there, man. Oh, you got you God, got Gangstar baby. on there, man. You got Nas oh, on there. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. That was tight. That was really I know. But the real the real highlight of 2002, the Eminem show. Uh like we've said before, one of only 10 albums in rap history to go diamond. 10 million sold. And um I personally like the Eminem show because like that album is so introspective. Very. And we and we briefly touched on it before on this show, but we'll touch it again since we're talking about M. Yo, cleaning out my closet. Woo. I got a joke for you about cleaning out my closet. Sure. It involve it involves my mom. She was taking me to school one day, and then, you know, uh she got me a gift because because you know I'm heavy in the rap. The CD is already in there. And she's singing the hook to cleaning out my closet. I said, Mom, do you know who you listening to? <laughs> I said, Do you understand what he's talking about? You know, so so, so but you know, she she actually likes Eminem because she took me to see the eight mile movie. That's how she got to know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your mom is a is an Eminem fan? She likes Eminem. Does she, does she does she does she know the content of okay, what he was talking know. about? You don't know. We've had conversations okay. about about the lyrics and about some of the songs, but she she likes Eminem's voice. She likes his technique and how he 
paints the pictures and puts it together. She especially likes oh. his emotion, and I'm like, yeah, that's why that's why I like him. So, yeah, I mean, cleaning out my closet, he he, he that's exactly what he did. He he talked about the situation with his mother, and especially when she sued him and said mm-hmm. some things about him. So I'm glad he cleared that up as well. Cleaning out the closet kind of resonates with me. Like, even right now, because I'm going through some shit with my moms. And it's like, I can't relate one-to-one, but, like, just just the vague idea of what he's speaking about is kind of reminding me of certain shit. And I'm just like, do I want to write a cleaning out my closet type of track? That that track right Maybe there is it'd heavy be every time I hear it. Maybe it'd be therapeutic. Maybe it was for him, too. Because, uh, you know, I think that he kind of departed a little. Like, he still was, like, he had that, like, Slim Shady, that alter ego crazy or whatever, a little bit in the Eminem show. But I do think that it was um, a little bit of a departure from that when he mm-hmm. got to that point. Like, so, um, like, totally. between, like, he wasn't still talking about killing his wife and like dumping her in a river in front of his daughter like and uh you know fucking his mom yo the the first kim when he like i'm like you're doing all of this in front of your as you're talking to your daughter you're like that's fucking wild to me and you know then the he makes another one on the marshall Mathers lp where he's talking he's fucking killing her while the daughter is sleeping like you go from singing a lullaby to talk shut up bitch you gotta move again i'll beat the shit out of you but now this time he's like uh-huh Kim is actually a prequel to uh, 97 Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, it is. And you could kind of hear the way that Kim ends and the way that 97 Bonnie and Clyde begins. It's the You're same right. Kind of- yep. It was the prequel to that. This is, this is the actual argument. It was, it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant creativity. And it's funny enough, guys, he exchanged Kim from Mariah Carey all over this album. He went at Mariah's head pretty, uh, pretty hard on this album. Definitely, and and we all know that's a beef that continued well more over a decade later. Shame on you, Nick Cannon, but uh, <laughs> I believe him. I believe him. Now. I believe it. Yeah, because she denied it. <laughs> that's what that's what got Eminem pissed off. So it's like you going around telling people nothing happened. It did happen. He exposed it through the messages and everything like that. And and Superman is a good song. It's a very catchy song if, if you pay attention to the lyrics. Um, Till I collapse, I already spoke about on the mental health episode. So you know, but then you, but then it's also beef time, guys, because you got say what oh, you yeah, say. Oh, where yeah. they're, where they're dissing Jermaine Dupri. He takes shots of yeah, cannabis yeah. on this album. He dissed Limp Biscuit on this album. That broke my heart, man, because I because I like Limp Biscuit. I like Fred cool. Durst. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, they had an issue. And then uh, Moby, how you got beef with Moby? That was funny. I said, <laughs> that was funny. Called him a 36 year old ball headed oh, fag. That shit. Was... God. That Nobody listens to techno. <laughs> <laughs> he even dissed him at the award show. You guys remember? Yeah, I do. MTV joint. MTV. He he got on there. Yep. He was he was like he booing little girl. I. W- I will hit a man with glasses. He was talking directly to him when he got his award. And he was serious. He was serious about that. I was like, wow, man. that was crazy. Yeah, shout out to Dre for getting that Jermaine Dupree on that album, too. I don't know who, if he wrote it or who, whoever wrote it, but actually, uh, like, I like no, what he no, said about no, him. No knock on Dre, but you know Dre ain't right that shit. <laughs> That's why I said what I said. Yeah, that was, 
Sing for the Moment is another one. I love that record but, with the Aerosmith mm-hmm. sample. That was tight, man. You know why this album is pivotal to me? Because it shows that Eminem matured. Because he goes... I There's no... The the Slim Shady alter ego doesn't rear its head nowhere near as much in this album as compared to the other two. And um, on top of that, if you notice from a production standpoint, Dr. Dre is only the executive producer. He he doesn't produce much on this album. He yeah. only he only produces um bu- he only produced business and um right. say what you say and my dad's going crazy. Everything yeah. else. This is around the time Eminem started making his own beats. He really started to come into his own as a producer. And I think M really I think Dre really wanted M to really show that. My dad's going crazy. That's the only song I, I really don't really like. I understand it, but I skipped that track. And not to mention the subject matter. He's here talking about 9-11. He's talking about bin Laden. He's right. name-dropping George Bush. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. From the, he got really political. He gets he political. Did. So I'm just like, you know, like, whoa. like, like. But nah, this album is super deep. And I would say, out of, in my personal opinion, um, it's Eminem's best work, in my personal opinion. But really? that's, again, I think, think so, it, yeah. You think it's his best think work? I Marshall Mathers LP? Yeah, because because you know what it is? Marshall Mathers LP is dark. This album is is more is more well-rounded in my in my opinion. I mean it had comedy, it had darkness. It, it had a little it had a little of everything. Yeah. Like I and feel like Marshall Ma- yeah, Go ahead. No, no, no. No. no I just okay. feel like Marshall Mathers LP was mostly dark. Like if it was a weather forecast, it'd be uh 90 90% dark with a uh with a chance of satire. Okay. Well, it also could be cloudy with that's a chance valid. Of people, but that's for you kids out there. Oh, dear uh, God. That was a great book, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think also, that's why I'm out, Also, shout out to Steve Berman, because he got shot on the skit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Steve Berman's skits. He's such a dick. pissing him off, because he hated the Marshall Mathers LP. He threw it at him. And now this one, where he's finally giving him his props, he gets shot. Before he, he does it, <laughs> it's like M got fed. He is like, yo, it sounds like you about to tell me this shit is trash, man. I tried too many times. It's, it's a rap. I'm done. Yeah, I know we're gonna talk strap, about it though. Later. That's what's funny. He came yeah. strapped. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, let let this motherfucker say something sideways. <laughs> um, I know we're gonna talk about it later, but I like on uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was relapse when he he went yes. back. He was like, "Yo, I got back." He was trying to tell yes. him, he was like, "Yo, what? <laughs> you're just gonna come back after what?" And then and then he pulled the strap on him. Was like, "Yo, put the shit on the table." I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, like, "I lost it. This is my right arm." <laughs> that was funny. And it's just like this album, like. And, and it's funny because it went diamond and, and it was getting heavily bootlegged. So yeah. the fact that like stuff leaked and 10 million people still bought it, that, that that's amazing. He said it himself in interviews. He kept getting knocked because he was white. He was white. He was white. But now he was selling so many records because he was white. Almost became like. Yeah, a- he he brings that up. Like, you know, he said that in a, uh, a couple of songs like um about just bringing up the fact that him being white like that's why mtv was so friendly to him and mm-hmm. that's also why like you know now uh look where it's at middle america now it's a tragedy now it's so sad like so he like you know just talking about how like 
the kids emulate him or whatever, like these these suburban kids and these kids from like the Midwest and stuff like that. They now they're getting like, you know, they feel like I guess they can re- they can relate to him because he's white, not be maybe not his uh his lifestyle of him growing up, but it's just like, you know, it it gave them some type of, I guess, representation. And right. you know, it just made him feel like I mean, you know, I guess it, for them, they felt attached felt to like, the projects and stuff. hmm I feel like for them, um it's kinda like just niggas in the hood, right? When they listen to fifty, when they listen to Biggie, it's like I'm not a gangster, but I get to feel like a gangster for an hour or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. For them, they can't really relate to that. When they're looking at Biggie and Biggie, that nigga is mad dark. Like, I don't look like him. I finally, I look like one of them. And, like, he's huge. He has, he's, like, dope. Like, universally dope. Um, Shit, I could be that. I could look in the mirror and be Eminem. Mm-hmm. Not, not to mention, uh, shout outs to uh, sing, sing for the moment. Love that song. Oh man, uh, that, that, Arrowsmith that, that, sample, that Aerosmith man. sample, dream on, classic. But uh, what's it's not a cla- what's not a classic is 2004 for Eminem. No, nope. uh, this is where uh, my heavy criticism of Mr. Mathers is coming into play. Number one, 2004, man, and th- I've said it before several times on this show. Yo, why you had to ruin Tupac's catalog, man? Like, why, why'd you do that? <laughs> like, 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 Tupac is my all-time favorite rapper of all time. Like, Tupac can do no wrong in my eyes. But why'd you have, like, why did you con a Feeny Shakur? He didn't why? con a Feeny Shakur. He conned a Feeny Shakur. No, he did not. He a Feeny Shakur, Shakur went to him. Well, listen, whoever, whoever gave her that advice, oh, to, she, whoever bro. gave her that advice to contact Eminem, she and knows, actually he wrote, he wrote, as a Pac fan. no, she, Eminem, as, as the story goes, he wrote the letter talking about Tupac was an influence on my life and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, really, like the guy who was talking about Panther power and wanted to do all this for black people as an influence on your life. Yes, yeah, he right. was. It, it's more than just that, bro. It's also I about rapping it. with the emotions. It's rapping with right. the emo. Who who you think taught M how to put that feeling into the music? Mm-hmm. You know how many times Eminem referenced and Pac was a storyteller too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will I will give Eminem credit for one thing he did to those Tupac tapes. The fact that Tupac in two thousand four on record was talking was was bigging up G. You that I say that shit all I, the time. I, I, bro, that that shit is Why impressive. Do you like that? Why do you like that? Because he manipulated that technology. Like, that was unheard of before then. Why do you... All right, so let me ask you a question. If you hate what he did with his music, why do you like that? Like... Because to me, that's... No, no, no. no. To me, that's innovative. Because remember, what was the big thing about Tupac after he died? The conspiracy theories and everybody talking about, man, this nigga's in Cuba. He's not alive. So he's playing up on that. that's some me, old. I wrote this song in '94. Dave Chappelle type shit. That's <laughs> exactly like, what that stop is. Stop hitting the table. <laughs> but do you know how hard it is to produce with just the vocals. That's that that's that's something that you have to take a key factor in. Here's Eminem sitting with these pop vocals. He has to try to design beats that fit these vocals. Because remember, these vocals were done already on previous beats. And the worst part about it is where he went wrong, he made beats that he would rap over and not Tupac. Eminem Eminem put Eminem beats behind Tupac vocals, which is why, which is why, and then also, like that whole loyal to the game album is just trash. Some songs I like. Some songs I like. I'm not gonna say it's gut blunts trash, 
Because I like the uppercut. I, I like black cotton. You know what I mean? Ghetto, like ghetto, go, ghetto gospel. Ghetto gospel because of the Elton John sample. I give him that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I'll give him that. And, and as much as I hate Scott Storch, because y'all know Storch. I hate... Yes, fuck him. But anyway... Why, um, why, why, why? Because he beat bread and bologna? Stop. Listen, listen, Manny Fresh got robbed, all right? But anyway, he lost. He lost. um, and you know, anything that Ron Isley gets on, I'm a huge fan of. That poor nigga blues. Don't remix. sing Ron Isley. Shit. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. All right, I won't sing it this one time. But uh, He already hit the Aerosmith note, so I, I, I believe that you can go ahead and sing. If you can sing Aerosmith, you can sing Ron Isley. You're not, you're not going to have me come on the episode and you're not going to sing. Don't get him. But he don't. He don't even sing. He, he's just like, <laughs> like in the background. Like that nigga made a cool. That, bro, that nigga, that that nigga sounds made a cool, like a cool. dying cat. That sounds Listen. like a cat getting get get. A cat is getting strangled <laughs> in the alleyway, man. Listen, all he all he all he ever did was 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 do that in the background of songs. He got paid millions for it. Easy money. But um, but nah. But my biggest gripe also like. You know how many niggas wanted to hear Running, Dying to Live with Biggie and Pac on it? And he had to go, and he had to put that beat behind it. Oh, my God, that shit. It was too dramatic for for its own good. Yeah, like, I didn't like the extra ad-libs on that record. So ne- I, neither I, did I. I understand that part. That Resurrection soundtrack, man, like, the songs that he produced, even on One Day at a Time, bro. Like, if, if, if Tupac was alive, I'm not even sure he would have hit Eminem up. But who knows? Eminem might oh, we don't know. Right. We don't know that. We don't know. But Hold on. I'm sorry. Um, you said run, the uh, the beat on Run and Die and Live, you didn't like you didn't like that? I felt like the beat didn't fit the song. Ah. Especially when you know the original, what the original sounds right. like. Right. Okay. Okay. But, um, and um, I don't know, for those of y'all who um, watch Vlad TV, but um, when the Outlaws was on Vlad TV, they, were, they said that, um, when Eminem, even though they were on some of these songs, they didn't have any say in anything when Eminem was 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 uh, in charge of Tupac stuff. So some of the songs they used old old verses, so yeah. they they didn't really have no input, which I feel is wrong because those was Pac's right and left hands. So, but uh, going on to 2004, because you know I'm not gonna smoke. Yeah, didn't they smoke him? Like they smoked ashes. his ashes or something. Yeah, yeah, they they, yeah, they did they put did. his ashes in the weed and they they did smoke it. Oh um, man, that's crazy. I've I've I, the fact that that's a true story to this day uh, still yeah. amazes me. The fact that you inhaled your your dead boy. But anyway, um, 2004 continues to be a disappointment for Eminem because uh, as previously featured on our episode albums that disappointed us, which is available in the archives, uh, Encore gets released and. I did not want an encore of encore. I didn't even want the original thing. I asked for that album for Christmas. Really? <laughs> okay, okay. Look, 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 look. I bought that okay. album. That was, my, that was the first album I bought with my own money. Like, but it was a bootleg. I got it for five dollars. I got that in Tony Yayo album, and this was like in two thousand five. Don't ask me why I bought Tony Yayo album. The thoughts of a predicate felon. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's funny? Encore is the first Eminem CD I ever owned, which is terrible. I mean, look uh, at the songs, no. man. I, oh man, like, like it's bad enough with the Michael Jackson thing. That's what made me hate it because I'm a big yeah. Michael Jackson fan. I said, and why you do that? And the video, 
His hair is on fire and kids is jumping up and down on the bed. I said, "Oh no, no, no! I can't get with that, man." You know, you know what the work. Yeah, you know what the song was too damn goofy. The the encore album, it just it had a lot of that like real super goofy shit that is yes. just like like oh, oh, oh. like I'm yeah, like, I what could, am I listening to here? Like that. I'm not feeling the skill. That. You you oh. know you know where I fucked up in life. I bought this album with my own money, and I and I went and got the deluxe edition with the bonus oh, disc. Oh no! <laughs> oh wow! I, I regret yeah, it see, to this day. Nah, at least I got to be disappointed with somebody else's money. My my uh, pops got me that. He was like, "What you want for Christmas?" I was like, "I don't know." He was like, "If you say you don't know, that means you ain't gonna get nothing." I was like, "Shit, give me the encore album." All right, so that's what I got. But I was like, "Oh man, glad I didn't spend my allowance on this shit." I ain't gonna just you lose it. Uh, 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 uh. So, is there anything positive we can say about this album? Yes. Um, yes. Ne- never, ne- never, never enough is a, is a is a bright spot on that album. Toy Soldiers was cool, but but but, but when you want to talk about, I like the last track. I forgot the uh, the name of it. Uh, we uh, came here to set this party up. That's right, encore. Yeah, yeah, ah, that's it's right. called encore. No, actually, right? Shot <laughs> with nah. um, nah, nah, and then also one more time. One, One shot, shot, two shot. Oh, I'm alone on that. Yeah. I, I stand yeah. on this hill alone. This, and I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody here likes ass like that. Can't stand it. I, I hated it. No, that. I oh, hated goodness. It. Hated it. I'm hated sorry. It. Horrible chorus, man. Like Horrible it. chorus. Like that chorus. Oh, here's man. the thing. Yeah. I agree with you all. You're all correct. I still love it. I'm sorry. You like I'm ass perfect. like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just let. It's my guilty pleasure. Let me, let me have it. <laughs> hey man, go for it. Because I, I did. Even though the album was like not, it wasn't on par with his, uh, with his, you know, previous catalog and stuff. I still played that album back and forth. Because I did. I, like because as, a, as a like a fourteen year old, how when did that come? Uh, yeah, like as like a fourteen year old. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, I like that. I got it. I asked for it. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna listen to it. And I, I, I didn't hate. The album, it was, it just wasn't, it wasn't like the Marshall Mathers LP is like one of my top five albums. I could play that without skipping any song. I know every word. It just wasn't that. It was too much of a departure from, uh, I guess, his skill to me. It was just and like, he said it, it, was, it was all goofy and shit. He, yeah, he said he was I on a lot of drugs. He was on a lot of drugs mm-hmm. when he did this album. Yeah, if I could, um... Drop a quick story here. I used to mentor a kid named Tyler. Shout out to Tyler. He actually got in trouble in school because he was singing the Rain Man chorus. And uh, wow. they actually had called me and told me that I had to come and get him because I was on one of his, um, one of the list of um, people, um, I forget the contact list. And then I came and I'm like, you know, what's going on here? He's like, yeah, he's singing these lyrics to, to some Eminem song. And I asked him, what, what are you singing? He's like, I forgot my brain. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you you want you you want to talk about stupid lyrics? How about ba boing boing boing? Hate it. Yeah, that <laughs> ass like that joint. Oh, you know, I'm yeah. a bitch ass kid, and I think that's why I love it so much. I'm just I'm a fucking clown, and like, that's that's that part of Eminem is what drew me to him when I was a child. Is that clown part? So I can't hate when he does it. I can agree like on a skill level. This ain't it. You know what I mean, it's even, really not it. But I still like it. Even the fucking skits suck. AOM, this is Paul. Like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, that was him, you know, making fun of Michael Jackson again because Michael was very vocal in, in interviews about Eminem. Even Stevie Wonder was upset about the stuff Eminem did. 
<laughs> and uh, it was just big, too much. Yeah, it was I think. too much. Like, like, like. I mean, Big Weenie, that's your diss track, Big Weenie. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, Mo- that was terrible. Mo- Mockingbird yeah. was okay. Yeah, Mockingbird it was all right. Was cool. I like Mockingbird. Yeah, that that I think that was a um, you know, good that was song. one of the one of the good songs on the album. That's when M let you know that the real him was still there somewhere. Yes. But yes. like you mentioned earlier, he was on a lot of drugs. So like a lot of drugs. He he said it later. Like there were times he was in the booth and there was nothing. He didn't have anything. And this feels like this album in its in entirety, despite me liking it, it sounds like. All of, most of these songs, he went in the booth and he was just struggling. He's just forcing it, forcing it, forcing it, and this is what we got. Yeah, and he even Great. said that on um on the the fucking Michael Jackson uh, just lose it when he was like he was like yo you sign me up to battle I'm a grown man jubba 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 I don't have any lines to go right there so jubba jubba tell me fellas like I'm just like damn like but you legit didn't have shit to go there because yeah, that was wow honest. honest only you could get away with that shit yeah. like that's raw. <laughs> and then and somehow this uh, this trash heap of an album uh, went quadruple platinum. Um, thanks, yeah, to, hey. th- thanks to the third. Because the white boys was winning. You got to think for that. You got to think for that. Yeah. There's a lot of people on drugs that's listening to this album just bugging. Well, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that this, al- and I don't know what was in the air in 2004, but because um, Jay Z had the black album and said he was retiring. And then this was supposed to be Eminem's last album. He was supposed to be done after this. Yep. Um, hence why. He came back. Well, hence why. Um, if you listen to Encore, the track twenty, the very last track, the skit at the end, he shoots everybody at his concert and then kills himself after. Like he was supposed to be done, finished after. That. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yep. Even at his shows, he was doing that when he was doing uh, when he was doing a tour, like his last tour. And this is something he hardly ever does because, you know, everybody says that Eminem is a he's not really a tour type of person. So when you get him on tour, that's very it's 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 a rare addition. So I remember watching a DVD of him performing songs and towards the end of the show, he has this gun and he puts it to his head and then you hear bang. And then, you know, it's supposed to end the show and the curtain closes. And not to mention the following year in 05. He has a uh, he plays off the encore um, because his greatest hits come out and they and the name of the greatest hits album is Curtain Call. So he really thought he was done. Um, it's not for another four years until 2009. Uh, oh, Eminem, uh, uh, actually, Candyman, before you go there, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. Everybody here. Everybody knows about this. Uh, out of all the beefs. Because you know, around this time it was Benzino. What was y'all take on the Benzino situation? Man, that nigga Benzino was whack, bro. Mm-hmm. Bias at by him and his bias ass publication. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was dying the source at the time. Uh, Eminem proved to us that the almighty RSO was not as almighty as they see. Because <laughs> because you guys remember how the whole thing went down with the Source magazine. That's how it really got started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he then got uh, cheated, he got cheated out of his mics. Dre yeah. got cheated out of his mics. And then mm-hmm. the source put up that they they got that poster of, of Benzino ripping off Eminem's head. And then they put out those 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 tapes of him dissing an African-American girl, calling him a racist and everything like that. So I just thought, yo, Benzino, you you doing way too much, man. 
No. I remember that they played that on the radio in Detroit, actually. And um, wow. and I went to I actually went to an African centered school. So um me, my teachers and my class and stuff like that. So we had like kind of an open discussion about it, and my teacher was asking how we felt about it and stuff like that. And right. for me, and this is gonna come across biased to maybe some people who listen because I am an Eminem fan, you know. While, of course, it was shocking, it was a bit offensive or whatever, because I am a black woman or whatever. But I think of it as, first of all, we got to consider the source. We're talking about a dude who talked about raping his mom, who made who made uh, a couple of songs about him killing his wife in front of his baby, like throwing her body in a river, disposing of her and all that stuff like that. Yep. He's obviously unhinged, but as well... I mean, not but as well. I hate it when people do that. But um, when you're an artist, you use your art as an outlet. And he obviously didn't mean for that to come out. When I write in my journal, and I have several journals, if there's people who could read that that I that I really love, they would be really upset with me. Because like when you are using your art as your outlet, you say how you feel. And you expected to, okay, I just had to write it out to get it out. I was angry. Now I'm over it or whatever. So, you know, I just, like, while, of course, like, you know, my feelings were a little bit hurt. But, you know, he's addressed it a couple times, like in his song, Yellow Brick Road or whatever. He he apologized yes. about it. He's apologized about it um, in interviews and all that stuff like that. So it's like when, when uh, Nick Cannon tried to bring it back up, it was kind of like, it didn't yeah. have the same effect on me and it's like Nick Cannon you made that the chorus of the song so you basically made a song black girls are dumb black it's just like okay this song isn't really I know what you were trying to do but it's not really hitting the way that you're trying to make it hit right now for me so exactly. like you and then I when agree. you listen to the disc it was it was kind of silly it, oh yeah no it was it was kind of like oh Black girls got big butts because they it's full of money and they want to steal your money or whatever the fuck he said. It was just <laughs> I'm like, this nigga is a fool. Right. But it's right. Um, you know. What was it? What was it called? Foolish pride, right? Foolish uh pride. which pride uh, uh the Eminem uh, Yes, that, that it, song, it was foolish was pride, the, yeah. That was I oh. remember that video where he was saying foolish pride. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh man. Yeah, he was heartbroken too. Come on. I agree. I well, agree well, also, said. and I know I was skipping far ahead because I was going to go to relapse, but how could I forget the the Royce beef, man? That was oh. a sad time because uh, you know that man was Royce. It really, he, was it really a beef? Beef? I mean, hey, I mean, this man Royce went on the radio. He told he told dudes to uh, you know, meet him at the lush, and he called out denying, denying. D twelve. D twelve. Yeah, but Eminem, mean, Eminem participated in the song, though. He M participated, participated in the song. In the song, but 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 what was the line? Refresh everybody's memory, please, he kinda, Mr. Kuji. Because he kind of said something, but he didn't. He played off on it, because basically, you know, uh, it was the line where he was like, "Rhinestones are so bright, especially after a hit, uh, especially after a hit of ecstasy. Ain't that white?" Whoa, wait a minute, and then he switched. To the rest yeah, but 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 who was who was in the video? Who was in the music video wearing a rhinestone do rag? Though, come on, man. Everybody knows who was in the video wearing the rhinestone do rag. This is Eminem's humor. He's like, I'm gonna address it, but I'm gonna do it in a comedic way. I'm not gonna do a full fledged diss. It kind of reminds me of when Snoop Dogg said on Pimp Slap, 
Your artists on the label, shut them up. I fuck every last one of them up, especially corrupt. That's my little homeboy, so he know what's up. It's like kind of sending a shot, but not. Like, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to address you, but I still got love for you. I'm not going to go in like how my crew is going to go in. Because the, the, the main thing about it, Royce had beef with, with, with Bizarre and them. It started with them. That's how. Yeah, it but it also down. started off the strength of the whole Dr. Dre situation where he oh, got, yeah. he got, he is his association with Dre ends and yeah. he's got negative feelings and, yeah. and he, he had an issue with proof and, uh, didn't at that club, the lush, they, they ended up in a, they ended up getting into a fight and Royce wasn't there or some, or some shit like that. They beat up one his, of Royce's homies. His peoples was there. Royce, Royce, Royce showed up later on. M was there as well. But Royce's people was there, and then you know um, D12 they 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 jumped on those guys, and then uh, you know Royce went out and he released Malcolm X, which is a scathing scathing diss track. You know it was it was tough, but once Royce squashed things with proof, then that's when everything started to come full circle again. Because if you squash it with proof, proof is Eminem's best friend. Obviously, eventually things are going to be taken care of behind closed doors. And then it was peacetime after that. Royce and M got back together, and it was all love at the end. Do y'all know how um they squashed it? Proof and um Royce. Talk it was in us. jail, right? Talk yeah, it was us. in jail. They actually had pulled guns on each other, and then they both got arrested for doing so. And then they was in the same cell overnight, and they uh, reconciled there, which then led Proof to holler at Eminem, and then they all got on the same page after that. That's yeah. crazy how they squash it. How you how you pull guns on each other, both get bagged, and then you you're sitting in the same cell and then you talk it out. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's not like there's much else to do. So that was pretty tight. Right. Right. I mean, I'm. But yeah, in, in, in retrospect, though, I'm glad that they squashed it because a couple months later, proof would get murdered. So um, that was I'm, fucked up. I, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad that uh, R.I.P. Proof. I'm gr- I'm glad that uh, Royce and Proof um was able to squash that whole thing before Proof passed. That hurt him, man. That hurt M yeah. real, 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 real bad when that happened, man. I remember hearing, I remember when Proof died, man. Just the, that that was the first thing that came to my mind, you know, was Proof's family and especially M. Like, what was, M, M fell into a deep, deep, deep depression when that went down. Because that was his man's. And you guys remember the Like Toy Soldiers video? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that because he because proof was dying in the right. video. That, that was like that foreshadowing. Crazy. That's fucking crazy. That's that is crazy. crazy. Right there, he y'all. got shot. His name was and actually weird story. Um, I lived in the area where the um where Triple C's is. Triple C's is like on Eight Mile and Hayes. And my homegirl, uh, I we used to uh we used to meet up meet up and uh take the bus to school together and that morning, like, uh, she was up late on the phone with her boyfriend, and she lived, like, a block off of 8 Mile, like, she lived on, uh, the streetcar Carlisle at Hayes, so she was literally behind Triple C's or whatever, mm-hmm. on the street behind Triple C's, so she was up late talking to her boyfriend, and she heard gunshots, and then the next morning, when we was getting ready for school, we was watching the news or whatever, I thought Bazaar got killed, because he, because, um, he was on the TV or whatever, but then I found out it was proof, and that shit was like, wow. And not that it wouldn't have been sad if Bazaar died, but it was just like, right, but right. for it to be proof, it was kind of like, damn, damn. Yeah, yeah, totally. And a lot of people, like, because I'm a big battle rap fan, and, you know, uh, shout out to Midwest Miles, M-City, Calico, uh, Quest McCody. They all 
were under proof. Like proof helped those guys get in because proof was proof was big on the battles. Like you know he hosted battles, so he got those guys involved in it. I know like they always big him up. R.I.P. Proof always repping him in every battle all the time. So he was very instrumental in that whole Detroit scene, man. No, nah, it's definitely, uh, definitely, definitely sad. Um, after this, we don't hear from from Eminem for five years. Um, yeah. Relapse comes out and he cites um, Relapse. The reason why he took that hiatus, he said he had writer's block and um, he yeah. had an addiction to sleeping medication. So he took yeah. some time off. He comes back. I personally don't like Relapse. I, I like know, it. I know, Niblack gonna kill me for that, but I like Relapse. No, I actually agree with you, bro. <laughs> Really? You and I agree you and I agreeing on something? That's crazy. This is all right, so compared to like the rest of the field, not that bad. But compared to what I know him to be capable of, this shit is trash. I'm sorry. Y'all gonna hate y'all gonna hate me for what I'm about to say. But the best song in my opinion on this whole shit is it may not mean nothing to y'all. I disagree, man. I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I'm sorry. Nah, bro. Crack a bottle? Come on, man. Old, old time's sake was okay. Beautiful is my favorite because it's personal. Nah, man. Nah. I, the, the relapse he did a lot of singing this album. He did Yo. do a lot of singing. Must be, the, must be the ganja? Nah, it must be the sleeping pills, Marshall. Like, 3 a.m. Nah. was funny. I like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. was funny. I, I, I laugh at 3 a.m. We Made You was okay. Um, but no, I, hate I don't like "We Made You." I hate that song. <laughs> nah, it was no. the that it was that was the song that made me like initially not really want to listen to the album. I got a question I was like, for man. you. Guys. I got I got a question for you guys about the about about the intro. Do you guys know who Doctor West is? Who? Cornell West. All right. Anybody watch The Wire? Yes. Yes. Jimmy. Oh McNulty. yeah. Jimmy McNulty. Oh, ah. he's Doctor West. McNutty. Wow. That's crazy. That's McNutty with the Irish accent. No, you can. Yeah. Yep. A- I was like, yeah, he's he's like, I thought he was British or something, but uh, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah, Irish. yeah, he's got that Irish accent. Once I heard, that, I said, "Word, you got you." Yo, I I laughed. I was like, "Word, man, you got McNutty on the intro. That's tight." So <laughs> you know, but. As an Eminem fan, I, I totally understand where you guys are coming from with that. I mean, it, it like he, and he said it too, and and um and and um, definitely not like you can agree with this. He said he was getting all the drugs out for this album. I actually liked Relapse, and I thought it was very reflective. It was in, to me introspective, even like you know with all the singing, I'm like listen to him, but um. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I kind of enjoy the, you know, you could tell that he was in, like, recovery mode a bit. I mean, you know, not to, yeah. like, you know, no pun intended. It was leading to next it. Album being called, <laughs> right. But, um, but you could just, just the way that he's, he's talking shit out, like, the same way that it's, it kind of started with um, him talking shit out in the Eminem show as opposed to talking, just being violent and being, like, kind of gimmicky and talking about, like, killing people and all sorts of shit like that. He's talking about like maybe why he felt this way, I guess, or whatever, like like where these all of these feelings are coming from and like him talking about being heartbroken and being treated like shit his whole life and you know, right. his being a victim of uh Munchausen syndrome by proxy and stuff like that, and his mom fucking putting drugs in his food to calm him down and shit like that. Like 
he's been it's like he's been on drugs his entire fucking life and yeah. Yeah. you know and now at this point he's you know he's he's being like more reflective and it's like it's like you could you can hear kind of like the therapeutic aspect of yeah. you know of yeah, his life a deeper and meaning. What, all of what he's talking about yeah 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 there's a deeper meaning behind these songs you know like especially knowing what he's been through once you listen to it you could put two and two together well i personally like the refill edition because uh you know forever i like i like music box so I keep it damn plus, you know. That was 2010 was like the come, the the Drake come up year, as I like to call it. So pivotal. That's part the, of the reason why he felt that, like, 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 um. That's part of the reason why he had writer's block because he said he was jealous of Wayne and jealous of Drake and jealous of Kanye mm-hmm. West. He seen the success that they was having. So it's interesting that he got on that same track with him. And the funny and the funny thing is, how does how does how does refill sell more than? And relapse, and it's the same album with just seven more songs on it. Yeah. Crazy. Ask huh? Nicki Minaj because she did that same shit just like <laughs> over and over again, just take putting out the same damn album, but putting a different like putting a fucking subtitle on it, like Pink Friday, Pink Friday uh, uh, extended edition, Pink Friday Reloaded, Pink Friday Hot Pink, Pink Pink Friday Future. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised Cam wasn't on that album. Hey, li- li- hey, listen, we already in, we already in trouble in Harlem, man. Leave it alone. Nobody in trouble. Happy birthday, man. Nobody in trouble. Bro, if only you seen these emails that we was getting months ago, bro. They don't, they don't want you in Harlem, bro. I'll be right there, man. Standing in, standing right in front of the store where they listen, shop paid in full. I'll be right there. Listen, if I if I can't go to Queensbridge, you definitely can't go to Harlem. So, you yeah, you can't go to I Queensbridge. I just recently saw Shane, bro. I keep that man relevant, but um, I recently saw Pain and Full, and that was that was a really sad movie. That that kind of hurt my feelings. My what dad I'm... told me that I had to watch that movie, and I was like, "Why did you make me watch this?" Ca- uh, Cameron, Cameron's character in that movie is one of my all time favorites. That man was watching himself have sex with all his homeboys surrounding him on the screen he in the infuriated club. Infuriated me. <laughs> oh dear God. Uh but let's yeah. talk about a, let's talk about an Eminem album that I actually did like. I love recovery actually. I Great think it's album. uh I, I like think it. it I, no I, I'm putting yeah, it, it was I'm, good. I'm putting it up there as my personal second favorite Eminem album right behind Ooh, uh, Eminem show. Um like this this album woo like he you want to talk it back about, together. He got like, it back together on this. And mind you, mm-hmm. this is this is brown-haired Eminem, mature, super mature Eminem, clean, sober. And well, I don't know how sober he was, but more sober than usual Eminem. And uh, nah, like every like I don't have a single skip on this album. Like, yeah, me neither. Even though I will admit, no love with Lil Wayne had to grow on me at first. But me the more too. I didn't like it, didn't really? like. It. I didn't like it. I didn't like it like when it, when I heard it on the radio, but for some reason, like as a part of the album, it didn't bother me as much. All right, I didn't so, like Wayne's verse. So Jess, it didn't bother you. Q, you me didn't neither. like Wayne's verse. Yo, yo, E, you talk talk to us, Rev. What what, what was wrong with this song for you? <laughs> I just don't like it, man. I don't like the combo of Lil Wayne and M, man. Just it just ain't do it for me. But like you said, man, the album is solid. I like it. It's a good bounce back album. I, I feel like anything with Lil Wayne, you and QG really don't like, man. But you know he's. <laughs> I mean, he's the greatest rapper alive since the greatest rapper retired, man. Just remember that. And you bought it. And you bought and it. And he had to come back because Lil Wayne said that. 
Right. <laughs> the, yeah. He retired and he came back because he heard Lil Wayne popping shit. He was like, yeah. nah. Listen, listen kingdom, nah. kingdom, kingdom Come he did not hold a candle to the Carter too. all right? Yeah, one of the okay, I, no, it didn't. But One of the reviews I read was saying that Lil Wayne was acting like a hype man for a whole two and a half minutes before M comes in. That's correct. Him. That's correct. Yes, he was. <laughs> we did you say that? Blood, I'm in bleed mode. Yeah. I liked his verse. I wouldn't say it was like super fire or nothing like that. I mean, it, it was a decent verse for the track. Fuck the world, get a child out. My my personal favorite on this uh, on this album is Cinderella. Man, I love that song to death. Dope track. Yep. Now that beat was knocking. Twenty five to life was crazy too. Twenty five to life was good. Um, the first of his two Rihanna collaborations, "Love the Way You Lie," is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, shout I mean, out. Not afraid. Not afraid was very reflective. Uh, yeah. shout shout out yeah. to uh, somebody we covered on the show not too long ago, Havoc and Mob Deep. He uh he produced that hidden untitled track. Yes, sir. Yeah, White Trash Party was cool. <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah, it was Eminem, a fun. Eminem that was a fun listen. Yeah, yo, yo Jess, since you here, the stuff he said on White Trash Party about tramp stamps and all that is that true? Man. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would venture to say that it is. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. I thought that was tight, especially the part where he was like, he's going to the club throwing nickels, quarters, and pennies. I was like, Yo, M, you a fool. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, he's fucking crazy. For those so, of y'all yeah, who want to know I what they talking away about, from for those of y'all who want to know what they talking about, uh, the song is all over Apple Music, title and Spotify. But uh. My and then also like I'm not afraid to take a stand. That like, was a single. That woo! was a single. Love that song. Shout out to boy, shout, shout out to Boy Wonder man. And that video too, where he jumps off and then he's flying through the air, and I was like, man, he's really he's really pouring his heart out on this record. Like, and and you know what I realized? Like, when I first got this album, because um. This was the point where I was ramping up on albums like crazy. So I got this the day it came out. And mm-hmm. I looked in the I looked in the booklet and I'm just like, is he phasing Dr. Dre out? Because Dre only produces one song on the whole thing. And I'm just like, Yeah, Yo. so bad. And I'm just like, It's growth, bro. It's growth. I mean, yeah, well, I guess I guess we could equate it to the whole Lil Wayne not not using Manny Fresh as much as he did before. Like, I guess. Like his production on this al- on this album is extensive. He's got Havoc, uh, Dre only does one. Boy Wonder, DJ Khalil, Just Blaze, Just Blaze, Mr. Oh, yeah. Porter. Oh, I yeah. think the production choice on this album was I, I don't believe in perfection, but it was kind of like for this album and the way that the like the track list, like just the way it plays out sonically, I love it. I can't. Oh yeah, it was very good. It. Yeah. Like, so very good. the next album we have discussed on this show before, but I'm glad we have two more opinions to add to it because uh, the reception was mixed, but it's a sequel. Marshall Mathers LP2. Some people said he should have never went and did a sequel to, to his magnum opus. A lot of other people like me thought it was pretty good. Um, but let's talk about it. Um, Marshall Mathers LP2 drops in 2013. Um, for the first time, he, there's another executive producer on an Eminem joint other than Dre and M. He's got Rick Rubin of all people. Um, helping him with this album, which Dr. Dre and Rick Rubin collaborating is kind of interesting, uh, in my opinion. 
Um, this album, the production, I actually liked because it reminded me of of a radio era LL Cool J. It reminded me of licensed ill era Beastie Boys, the early Def Jam, where they they do those a lot are his of favorites. The samples, yeah, those are M's favorites. So he really used that sound to 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 make this album. But a, a lot of people I know like tend to like not not give this album its props. But I mean, if you look at if you look at the track listing, um. It's I like I, I like lo- I like Love Game with Kendrick. I know somebody here said they didn't like it on a previous episode. I think it was UQ or it might have been T.O. Nope, me. Oh, me. Hated it. Okay. Yeah, waste, he, of a, waste of a Kendrick he, verse. He, 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 he hated, hated it. it. Me. Hated it. He hated it. Waste wow. of a Kendrick I think, verse. I think Wack beat. First of Kendrick smoked it. The beat wasn't. Nah. The, nah, I like the beat. I'm sorry. I like that song a lot. They were both very like fucking. Des- they were very descriptive and they gave you bars, my nigga. And it was I, a fun I, track. It was fun. Sounds like a Beach Boys track. But like I always say on this on this pod, it's <laughs> it does sound like a Beach opinions. Boys track. Because <laughs> if we always agreed on stuff, this podcast would not be interesting. But hey, Niv, I got you on that, man. That's cool, man. I mean, you like it? That's cool, me. But <laughs> but, but you know, but you know why it sounds like a Beach Boys track? Because Rick Rubin. That's why I said. It. <laughs> so, yeah. um, headlights I thought was cool. I like. I loved Evil. headlights. Uh, headlights was dope. Um, Evil Twin I didn't have a problem with, and I think loved it. I think the monster is the better of the two Rihanna collaborations. I think I, it's better than I love the way you lie. She ain't even want to do it. Yeah, word. Mm-hmm. Because because she thought that because she thought that they were not gonna top love the way you lie. Monster mm-hmm. is very yeah, good. They, they could do better. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did better. Yeah, me too. I'm glad I convinced her. I'm not saying anything about um love the way you lie. Like I like that song too, but I love the monster. Like right, right. That shit was again very descriptive. Yep, yo, yo, E, was it you that said you didn't like survival? Yes, it was. Did not like it. Oh, looking dear. at my, I'm looking at my old notes for the um that episode that we did too, and I'm yeah, I just got survival was whack. Oh my god! Hey, 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 Candyman, uh, your favorite track is track number seven. Tracks, yes, it is. Asshole, you are right. just an asshole. Everyone knows. I like that one. Legacy is my favorite though. Oh no, man! Tight. How'd you know? How'd you know? Track seven was my favorite. Cause I know you. That is your theme song. Hey, shout out! To, shout out to Skylar Gray. She sung the shit out of that hook. Um, when I first heard this, I actually was telling people like, "Yo, this you gotta listen to this song because this is me. I'm a fucking asshole." Like, but but you know you know what about this album has that that I feel is unfair. Like a lot of people because it's a sequel in name. A lot of people, I feel, go back and they they try to compare it to the first one, but the first one and the second one are two totally different albums with two Way totally different. different sounds. Yeah, and he's Way in a totally different places, and Ex- like you know, when making each album. Exactly, and and I, I I feel like with sequels, like, and I know we did an episode on sequels, which is also available in the archive, but um, I feel like like somebody like Raekwon, they did sequels the right way, you know. Like he like he he did only built for Cuban links and then he did the second one and followed the same formula. That's the way it should be. So right. I feel like it's uneven for, I for like I don't I don't think the criticism is warranted because again the, and the two albums are thirteen years apart, which I guess time really doesn't play a factor sometimes. And he and like Jess said, he's in a totally different place in life. He probably didn't have as many or any drugs in his system. Compared to 13 years earlier. At the and, same time, you see what he's trying to do? You see why he brought in Rick Rubin in the first place? 
to, to, to differentiate the sound, no? Not only that, that you're correct, but there's a reason why it gets sided with LL Radio and those Beastie Boys records, because who was a part of those records? Rick Rubin, because if, if, you, if you do your, uh, your hip-hop diligence uh, and go back and listen to a lot of those early Def Jam albums, they all they're all rap rock infused records. Even and to the point, even to yeah. the point where um, Run DMC, when Rick Rubin worked with them, put them up with um Arrowsmith. with uh, with Aerosmith. So it's just like you know and that's was, where M was trying to go. That's why M pro M was trying to find that sound and and, and and do something with that. And I think that's why he hired Rick Rubin to be a part of that to capture that sound and to capture those because those are his favorite moments anyway. So creatively speaking, that's what he was going for. The guitars, the drums, and all that. That's what as, he was really as, looking at. As quoted by All Music Guide, shout outs to All Music, where I get a lot of my reviews from. Um, they're quoted as saying, Eminem experiments with retro vintage sounds from turntablisms for this sequel. The yeah. album draws influences from arena rock and old school hip hop, mainly inspired by the Beastie Boys license to Ill and LL Cool J's radio, while the production is minimalist thanks to Rick Rubin's contributions. You can hear it. You can and, hear it and, in the production. And you know what the funny thing is? And and I think about this quite often when I think about this album. Rick Rubin had been absent from actively producing rap music for a very long time up to this point. Remember, after uh, his involvement with Def Jam, he worked strictly with rock records for like a good 20 years. Bro, so, that man was in a cave with a long gray beard. Absolutely. And and it's it's crazy because... I guess either he saw something in Eminem or because Eminem really wanted that sound and he was able to, like, you know, produce the payola and get the cash to pay him. But to get Rick Rubin to come out of rap retirement to work on your album and not just make beats and and, and ha- more than half the album at that, but to executive produce it, that says a lot because I don't think Rick Rubin would have done that for just anybody. I think before before that, he the last rap record he touched was 99 Problems by Jay-Z a whole 11 years earlier. Correct. So, right, right, yeah. Correct. I don't know. I, I I feel because of the Rick Rubin sound influence. I I guess people give the, give this album a lot of flack because it's a sequel, and but even though it's not a sequel, if you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, if it didn't have the same name, I feel like people would have been more relaxed. Exactly. Their exactly. I think if he yeah. would have if he would have named this album anything other than Marshall Mathers LP, it would have it would have been received better. Uh, oh, yes. Real quick. Yep. Uh, what did you do? You guys think that he like proved his point when he put out Rap God? Because he clearly answer answer that like he did. I feel like he did. You want to answer that? Uh, oh, oh, I mean, you feel like he did? Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, he didn't even have to do it because he was already respected. It's just more exactly. so. I feel like I feel like he was just talking to himself more so to be straight himself. That, and that's he was my, definitely proving it. That's this, my assessment. That's my assessment with, 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 with you. I felt he didn't have to prove nothing or do nothing. You know what I mean? Because he, he already solidified himself. But, yeah, I I totally agree. I, 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 will, I think um, by naming it Rap God, though, he was – it wasn't really his focus. I feel like his focus was to prove it to himself. But I feel like just naming it Rap God, you know, yeah. most people, they, they go for the crown. I want to be the king. He was just like, yo, I'm not even like y'all not fucking with me at all. Like, What's y'all, king do, y'all think God. exactly. Like, I'm just up here alone, and which is goes back to the point of I got to prove it to myself. There's nobody else to prove it to. Yeah. Yep. Wow. The competitive nature of hip hop, you know, they take words like that, like supremely serious, and they hear something like God or you know the mm-hmm. best or the king, like you said, you know. So 
And, and the crazy thing is, I'll be honest, man, I'm not the biggest Eminem fan, but I hold him in that regard. He definitely earned it. Lyrically, MC. I was going to say, yeah, lyrically, I'm, I got to give it to him. Um, a lot of times I hear like Black Thought, and I don't argue people when they say shit like that. I, uh, Royce even, and I'm, I never argue it because opinions. Of course. Still to me, nah. You know what I'm saying? I let 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 Jay Z be the king of rap for like M is a rap god, and Wayne right. is he's a, he's a prince that wants the crown. Right. I think I think Wayne would. Rather, <laughs> I, like I, I think I think Wayne would rather be referred to as a Martian, but uh, I'll, I'll yeah. he the, he the mixtape king. That's I'll give okay. him that. He's the king of the mixtapes. Well, I th- he was the king of features too, because that that when we were in high school, bro, and Wayne king was on features. everything. Correct. That Correct. was a run, but um, this next Eminem album. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, Revival, this 2017. Uh, Eminem and Alicia, Eminem and Alicia Keys together. I don't think so. Somebody, mm-hmm. so, somebody, somebody, go get Mashonda and tell her Swizz is waiting. I saw the checklist before this dropped, and I was just like, nah, I guarantee it's not gonna be no heat, and I wasn't wrong. Ed, Edge, Ed Sheeran, and and, and Eminem, like I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, like yeah, I'm, yeah. That's exactly like you. You articulated perfectly how I felt about this album when you just went. Yeah, like, it's just that's, exactly. that's what this album is. And like, I, I, anybody who knows me and. Like I'm, I, I don't stream. I gotta get it on disc. And the fact that I went and bought this on disc was the second time in life I said, "Nah, M, I, I, I'm sorry, man." I th- revival yeah. is the reason why I never bought another Eminem album after this. He got, yeah, Rick he Rubin got, couldn't save him on this one. My bad. Now I'm saying nah, Rick go- Rubin couldn't. Rick Rubin <laughs> couldn't save him on this one. No, nah, he, he he couldn't. I mean. And it's and it's listed under um, political hip hop. Like he started mm-hmm. really, really focusing on that, and I'm like, "M, mm-hmm. I get it, man." But this formula you got, you lost me because. And like Candyman said, you're collaborating with people that makes you scratch your head. Like uh, the first walk on water with Beyonce, mm-hmm. Eminem and Beyonce. Uh. No, thank you. Yeah, oh, so, oh, oh. look, look, hey, you over there, leave, <laughs> leave her alone. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like the certain collabs were just for the draw. But yeah, no, he mm-hmm. he he hates Beyonce, and I don't know why. Christmas killer leave her alone. <laughs> nah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but y'all, if she y'all, gave no fucks, he's like, oops, <laughs> I'll buy. Nah, but y'all wanna? So, quick story in 2016 in December, right? I went I went into the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, right? And I went to the Power 105 Hot for the Holidays concert, right? And I mean not Power 105, Hot 97, sorry. Hot for the Holidays concert. And I saw one guy come on the stage, and the only thing that I could make out of his song was, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. And I and then when I heard revival, I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Eminem <laughs> works with fresher of all people. Mm. Eminem and Fresher, like that's his, not his features get crazier as these albums go along too. I'm just like, um, 
Listen, I, I I know I know I did a rant the last episode and I addressed Funkmaster Flex, but I gotta address Dr. Dre for just two seconds. And I know he's going through an aneurysm. He recovered from an aneurysm, so I'm gonna keep this short. Yo, Dre, why'd you executive produce this shit? Like, <laughs> was it for the check? Like, where's your quality control? You had more quality control on your headphone line than you had on this album. I think he trusts him and and and, and let and, and just lets him do his thing. Well, that they have that thing. relationship. I feel that's the relationship. Yeah, like he won't interject unless he really, really has to. Like, like kind of just lets him do his own thing. I feel like once again, this is one of those albums where if you're playing it against the field in 2017, it's not that bad of an album. But as a fan, and like comparing it to his um discography, and as a fan, this is definitely not it. From what we know and expect of Eminem, this album was such a letdown. Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb. If I ha- if if somebody put a gun to my head and said, "Pick one, which one would you rather listen to, Revival or Encore?" I'm going Encore every time. Going if that's what's well, going. yeah, I will go Encore. Yeah, I'm going Encore. Well, Candyman. Well, Candyman. Well, Candyman. You're not fooling anybody because didn't one of the songs on Revival sampled uh, "It's My Thing" by EPMD? That don't mean nothing. What does yes, that mean? Does. Yes, what does, does that mean? Yes, I just... You and your biased self with EPMD. I'm not biased towards EPMD. Don't front for the people, man. Especially that one line you like the most. I kick that ass like Bounty. The upper. Tell you up front. Terrible. You're nothing but a sucker. Come on, oh, man. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that, so you I should love like that line. Revival, then. So you should like Revival. I don't like Revival. Just why? Because he sampled... Bro, bro, he could have he sampled Master P. I wouldn't have liked it, bro. Like, come on. Oh, please. If you said Master P, you probably would have bought two copies. Don't lie. <laughs> well, you, well, 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 you know, you, yeah, you've been to my yeah. house. I know I know, you know, I got ghetto D one open and one in the plastic for old time's sake. But and you got a ghetto D in the bathroom. Moving on. Um, So. Yeah, man, like Rick Rubin. I don't know, man, like. Yeah. I, you know what? And it's certain pairings like that. I feel, I feel something special like that. He should only work with Rick Rubin one time. Mm-hmm. Like, Makes sense. Makes he sense. he should have never he should have never he should have never collaborated with him a second time. It's like I'm trying to find the right example of. Like you know what I mean? Like the magic just doesn't repeat get itself it. the second time. I get it. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you just get that you just get that magic once. It just hits one time, and then when you try to do it again, it may not work the same way. Like I say, it's chemistry. Because the know? second the second time around, it wasn't special. That's okay. like if you would that's that's like if you were to like take the nineteen ninety two Dream Team yeah. and 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 put and, and assemble them years later. Like it's not the same. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. But um, yeah, revival man. Uh huh. I regret that. And you know what else? I kind of have a question real quick. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, so, like, so I know, like, yo, like, we all agree about, like, his different, like, collaborations with different, like, pop, like, these pop stars and stuff like that. What do you think, um, do you think that him working with Rihanna and working with Pink and, like, having, like, these different, like, singers on his previous album was, like, kind of a, like, a precursor to him doing that with this album or that he felt that the more pop stars he brought on or like the more collaborations he did with like these uh the these 
pop stars and stuff like that, that it would like bring more draw to his album where he maybe felt that as that maybe he didn't even think, not that he didn't think that this album was that good or that it was going to hit the same way that it, um, that his other albums hit, but maybe he felt his, um, his own popularity kind of waning. And so he had to bring in these, you know, even more collaborators and stuff like that. That's hard. That's, that's hard. That's hard to say only because Eminem is going to sell records because he's Eminem. Like if hip hop heads, black, white, yellow, brown, we all love Eminem. So if, and we we're also in a different age, like you can go platinum off of streams. You can go platinum Mm -hmm. off of radio play. Like you don't need to like sell like, like, like a, a million CDs to go platinum anymore. Like, the era of sound scan is dead. So I don't know. I feel like he's trying. I wouldn't say his popularity is waning. I would say he's trying to reach an audience he wouldn't otherwise reach. Because oh, that makes sense. Because I don't think that if you sit down the most hardcore Beyonce fan and be like, yo, so you, you listen to Eminem? I, I guarantee you the answer will be no. Right. Or, or, or if not no, oh, I know a couple of songs. But they're not going to be able to tell you the whole man catalog and and be and be able to like have a rap lab type discussion about the man. That I, I think don't it's believe. respect too. I think it's respect I, too because I think I think I think M and Pink respect each other because Pink also worked with M on a song called Revenge. So I think creatively speaking, you know, they both respect each other's craft, and I I think that's what touches M the most. If you respect what he does, then he's gonna respect what you do, man. And and. and and respectfully, I, I believe why he collaborated with Pink. Remember, Pink's prime peak of popularity was around 2000. Eminem right. was hot in 2000. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the same but, goes for Rihanna. The same goes for Rihanna. I, I, you know, she's she's gone on record saying that she likes Eminem's music, and that prompts Eminem, hey, you know, let's let's try this out, and mm-hmm. ch- chemistry works. I think it's a um, combination of trying to reach a new audience and also not necessarily staying relevant with his core fan base, but more so proving that he can still make a good album. And also, I can still rap. I mean, maybe I'm getting a little bit too ahead, but if you get to Kamikaze, he's literally trying to bar niggas to death and let niggas know, like, yo, I can rap. And it's just like, all right, and right. you can rap, bro. Right, and I feel right. like with this, he was like, I can make art. And then he's reaching out to, like, Beyonce. Like, come on, let's be real. Eminem, the Eminem we know, he wouldn't work with Beyonce. Like, mm-hmm. not like right. he would have a problem with her, but it's, eh, I'm not touching that. And then even so, and even so, we're working with Beyonce and working with Alicia Keys, those fan bases don't mix. The mm-hmm. Eminem-Alicia Keys fan base... It's very it's very rare that you would find two people that are that are hardcore M fans, but also fuck with Alicia Keys on the same level. It's very mm-hmm. rare. Mm-hmm. Like like Beyonce's demographic is far different than Eminem's demographic. Mm-hmm. That's why that's that's yeah, why, and I think that's what I was so thinking with my question. Beyonce's demographic, like <laughs> he started his career shitting on what Beyonce's demographic now is. <laughs> right, and, and I think that's what like that's what I was kind of um that's where my question kind of came from. It's just like okay, like. A lot, like you know, a long time ago or whatever. I guess, like we were saying, like when he was in a different place, like that's all he talked, like that's all he talked about was like you know, kind of being almost anti, anti pop, yeah. anti like he uh-huh. hates boy girl groups. He hates like you know, he's always he's talking, he's talking shit about British like, about because yeah, so it's like now nah, at this well. point, 
Yeah. Is it that he needs them or is it that yeah? They threw him in that category and he hated it. And and Mm -hmm. and Ah, and and not for nothing, but like somebody like Skylar Gray, it works because Skylar Gray, like her music kind of like goes with Eminem as far as like content matter, because they they both made dark content before. I'll give I'll give him this. I think the Rihanna collaborations were just lucky experiments that happened to work. Mm-hmm. Because before before that first song, "Love the Way You Lie," I would have never guessed that those two could have collaborated successfully. Yeah, right. So, so I feel like Rihanna felt that way too, though. That's why she didn't want to do uh, the monster, and she's just looking at it like, "Yo, we we got some shit right now." And for real, for real, if we being real, we shouldn't have no shit right now. We should have left the studio like, "Eh, we tried." Why are we gonna fuck with that? And they fucked with it, and once again walked out like. Okay, let's not fuck with it again. Mm-hmm. And like we we we've seen crazy collaborations in, in music before, but nah, not nah, um, it, it doesn't work with you and Mrs. Carter. It doesn't it definitely didn't work with you and Alicia Keys. And uh I don't know what he was thinking working with Fresher, but those two are like <laughs> fresh Eminem and Fresher in the same sentence should not should not it's be a funny because Fresher uses like barely any words. He mumbles a lot, and you got M that like he's such a master with words, and it's like you you're jerking my brain around right now, bro. Like I could barely understand this man, and then I also got to focus extra hard to understand you because you rap fast, and the way that you, I gotta pay attention to what you're saying because you might say some shit that I'm not gonna catch until a few years ago. I mean, a few years from now. Like, like that bar in Rap God where he was like, um, you're witnessing a massacre, like a church gathering taking place. I swear to you, I did not know what the f- I was like, yo, that shit sound hard. And then a few years later, I'm listening, I'm like, oh shit. Mm. Like, man, all I can say for that album is wait, wait, wait a minute. But um moving forward, uh kamikaze is an improvement. I, I honestly believe it was a full out battle, all out war album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what grabbed me was the artwork because I, I kid you not, I was in the record store and I really thought it was an updated, remastered version of Beastie Boys' Life. Oh, the the Beastie Boys Boys album. Yeah, <laughs> I really thought it, and I picked it up, and that's how I knew it was Eminem. That was but, his intention. Yeah, man, and uh, and Slim Shady came back on this album too. He's the exec. This is the first uh, Eminem album where Dr. Dre's not the executive producer. It's Slim Shady. Uh, but, oh, man, this this album, uh, I liked it better than the previous two. Uh, mm-hmm. strong, strong guest list, Joyner Lucas, Royce the 5'9". Um, produ- yeah, man, producers include, well, I've always been iffy on Mike Will made it, but he did well here. Uh, Boy yeah. Wonder comes back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this this album. Um, I'm glad he was done with. Uh, I'm 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 glad he was done with Rick Rubin, but um, I don't know why Fresher comes back. But anywho, um, yeah, this album, uh, Fall and Venom and uh, Lucky You and Good Guy, all all decent songs. How did you guys feel about him addressing um the other stuff that he was addressing? Because you know he, I mean. Them Joel Button shots. <laughs> I said, "Oh, here we go." It's like, mm-hmm. especially, especially after everything that happened with Slaughterhouse and and the whole thing. I'm glad that Eminem, especially the interview with Sway. Did you guys see the interview with Sway when he was when he was talking about this album? 
Uh, no, I missed that one. Yeah, there's an interview with Sway where he goes into details about the issues with Machine Gun Kelly and Joe Budden and everything like that. And, and especially with this album, it was designed to respond to all the criticism, everything that everybody was saying about him in interviews. So he really, he was in his bag with this one. This is this is Battle Rap M. This is this is Slim Shady. You, you, you know why I enjoyed the battle between Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem? Because Machine Gun Kelly said it's the past and the future. He, he, he basically wrote Eminem off, which I thought was pretty funny. It was and, a good uh, diss. My man, my man came out with my man came out with rap devil. Yeah. <sighs> but then M came, M came back with his joint kill shot, and then he <laughs> put that nigga to bed. Come what? That diss track was actually crazy. named kill, kill shot. Y'all, y'all think MGK said something? Are you eating Cheerios? What's in the bowl? Hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> yo! I'm in. He yo. Is. But around this time, look who he's beefing with. Ja Rule of all people. Ja Rule. It was ja Rule's fault. Ja Rule opened his mouth, man. And poor, poor Ja Rule making commercials for the gyro, for the for the for the Greek food now, the Greek restaurant. I, uh, ja, ja Rule. Ja, and ja, ja Rule is Mr. Firefest to me now. Ah, uh, Mr. Firefest. Uh, you know how many people got scammed out of their money for that? Well, that's what happens when you broke. But uh, he, he was on Twitter. It was a joy for me to watch. <laughs> yo, but what's up, yo Q? What's up with your man's Lord Jamar from Brand Newbie and Bro coming at Eminem, bro? I mean, Eric, you can help me out with this one too, man. Lord Jamar, there's there's something when you're sitting on Vlad's couch. Yeah, say, and then bro, you know, bro, I love it, Lord Jamar. It, it's but, funny. It's funny you mentioned that because. He's one of a few people, and um, BG Knockout is another one, and uh, Vlad just be having them on, and, and Boosie too. Bl- Vlad just be having them on to ask them questions about their opinions of things that don't have nothing to do with them. <laughs> right. It's okay to not yep. be a fan of M, but 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 Jamar takes it to another level where he's saying Eminem is a guest in hip hop, and you know, like I'm like Lord. I- you just doing way too much with that. It's okay not to like his music, but to come out and say that he's trash. But he sound like a bitter old man. Much, bro. But 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 that also. You know what's funny? And I think I told you about this uh, once uh, when when I first got on Clubhouse about a month ago. I was in a room where they were discussing hip hop, and the topic of that room was uh, white people are guests in hip hop, which again is crazy to me because if you can rhyme, you can rhyme. If you could. It's, like I, I don't agree with that that statement at all, but to each their own. But yeah, I'll uh, tell that to the Beastie Boys. Yeah, and certainly not when it comes to Eminem. Like for me, and like like you said, the Beastie Boys or whatever. Like these are people who like grew up in hip hop. It's not like they like like for me, Macklemore is somebody that you could say, okay, bitch, you a guest because right, you right. know. Wait, wait, why would you say that about Macklemore? Why would I say that about Macklemore? I think Macklemore is. Like, is he corny? I'll give you that he's corny, but Nick Cannon is corny, too, and we don't kick him out of hip-hop. Um, Macklemore, if you uh, think he's well, kicked out. He's actually, we kind of do. Nobody is out here giving nobody is out here giving Nick Cannon uh, putting I Nick Cannon in a top five. Boy, nobody's out here no, giving no, no. nobody's putting him in like, the top five, but also <laughs> nobody's saying he's not hip-hop. And the thing about Macklemore is he's actually a student of the 
and at but the because same time, they don't when, see him that way either. Everybody sees Nick Cannon as fucking drumline. Like nobody, like he's not really. It. I don't feel I, like he's really in the conversations as far as like, hip hop goes. He has too many when, other, you know, when you, other when you shit going up, on. When you bring up Nick Cannon, wilding out is the first thing that comes to mind, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like, like people oh, be like, oh, Nick Cannon, my pop, your pops don't like me. Can, like, I know, uh, I, I know that. very few Nick Cannon songs. I know some of his songs or whatever. He oh, tries to rap. Gigolo. It didn't really work out for him. <laughs> Gigolo. Yeah, it <laughs> Damn, so he's all right, cool, whatever. I'm he's kicked out the culture. Uh, I mean, since we're kicking the if I'm gonna let the black man be kicked out, I'm not gonna kick for the white man. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm go out on a limb here. I actually, uh, uh, that album, The Heist by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, I actually like. Okay, it might I be like good. Macklemore. But he, he, I he felt like the, some of the shit was a little gimmicky. He, I feel like and you know what? And Loki, I'm a little bit bitter, maybe because his album won over uh, Good Kid, Mad City. And I give you that. So I could be horrible. I give you that robbery, straight straight robbery. But it's just like you know, and that may be me coming from a biased place again. You know, and he made the the thrift shop the thrift shop I, song and that that damn suicide number song. I felt like it was very like he was pandering to people who were um mm-hmm. who like you know who were suicidal or whatever the case like that. And oh, it's okay if you're gay, blah blah blah. And it totally is. But it's the same time, I just really felt like he was doing a lot of pandering. He was getting a lot of people on his side that way because and he's just. Like you know, he's he's a, he's a safe bet. He's okay. again, he's it. white, so he can, like so all these people who like you know whoever's in the academy, you know the you know the Grammy Academy, they don't they always get hip hop wrong. Can in I, my can opinion. I, can they, I ask you a question, Jess? Please go for it. So that song can't hold us. You do you think that's a whack song? Because I I, I kind of love that song. Just just asking your opinion, man. Um, you know what. <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible song or whatever. I just I can't get with get with him in general. I guess like I don't know. It, it's again I'm I'm angry. I'm bitter about how uh, Kendrick got played over him, yeah, and I just was, I can't. I, uh, I, I, I like Macklemore more before he won, and it's it's crazy because obviously he doesn't vote for himself, but I really did start to like him less. Like when he put out that second album, I was like. I kind of like Macklemore. I'm gonna listen to it, but I don't like him nowhere near as much. And it honestly stems from that. Like Kendrick got robbed. Like, come on, let's be real. He did get robbed. That was crazy. Yeah, let me, so let me... it's just like in that in that case, like talking about guests in particular. If we get back to that, it's just you know that was somebody that again, like you know, and maybe I can't say that because again, I'm bitter. I'm biased against uh, Macklemore, but. That's somebody who I would be like, okay, you're a guest just because, and maybe it's because I don't know my history on Macklemore either. You're saying that he's a student or whatever, but I, you know, I didn't know that. But just based on what I've heard from him, I just feel like, you know, he's soft, he's gimmicky, he, 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 he appeal. It seems like he makes music too particularly appeal to a certain type of people who are too scared to really get into some hardcore hip hop shit. The ones that like that, uh, just you know. You know, they're scared like, of the lyrics. They're scared of not being able to relate to it so that they, so they were like, okay, well, Macklemore is a rapper. Let's pick Macklemore or whatever. Like, it, you know, so he's somebody who I could understand somebody saying, okay, you're a guest. But for somebody like, like Eminem, who like, who was selling the, his fucking records out of his car, who was battle rapping, who was like, you know, underground shit. Like, you can't, like, 
How could you say he, that about him? Yeah. You you hate him, you hating him because he's good. Like yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah, he busted his ass to get to where he's at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's totally right. I totally agree with y'all with that. I thought Lord Jamar was wrong. Even you see how many people came to M's defense when Lord Jamar was saying that stuff? Royce the five nine wasn't having it. He's like, nah, you're not gonna say that about my homeboy. I was there with him. I seen him come up and put in that work. So nah, man. Well, he, he hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, just to cut in, breaking news. Um, Nick Cannon actually, um, and Viacom have hatched things up, and he will be returning back to Wild and Out. So I guess he is uh officially back in the uh, hip hop. I guess. So so Wild Style is not hip hop. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> nah, it is. It is. It's just, you know, when you think of MCs, man, Nick Cannon ain't really the first one that just comes to mind. Listen, I respect what he's done for the culture as far as, like, bringing, like you said, wild style. and Yeah. That's why I like, say he's hip-hop, though, because he I does respect. so much for the culture. You feel me? Yeah. No, as an artist, mm, but nope. he still, he he got his hands. All the stuff like, behind the scenes and putting people on, I respect that. Yeah. But as far as Dom Peace, da, 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 shut that off. <laughs> Well, Eminem, Eminem did slaughter him in the beef, so. Say what? I mean, we expected that, though. Eminem slaughtered him in the beef when he tried to stick up for Mariah Carey. Like, I understand, I understand trying to stick up for your wife, but, man, you got to know when an Ella's coming and just step to the side and just let the man drive down. That should have just been a conversation for real like. That's another thing I don't like, y'all. Well, like, like, like Speaking of. People talk about M, and they talk about the beefs. There's like, oh, well, Eminem ain't really battle nobody worthy. Stop. And can we also talk about the warning? Because we kind of missed we kind of missed that part. Because there was because I felt like that was a point at which uh you know Eminem like his you know his his whole his whole persona his style was changing and that kind of brought that kind of snapped back into that that like real hardcore that like that you know that battle that same battle rapper mm-hmm. that slim shady shit that real mm-hmm. like. I was I was highly impressed. I was so happy when that song came out. And even though, like, you know, I don't hate Mariah Carey. I love Mariah Carey. You know, I grew up mainly, like, you know, I grew up with my mom mainly, and she was a big, you know, big on R&B and stuff like that. So I have an extensive R&B, neo-soul catalog in my head. But at the same time, like, being an Eminem fan and, like, from where he was at that time, and then he comes back, like yeah. so powerful, like he was like a fucking rabbit pit bull. Like he was like, and he like it's I was like, she did damn, that video. damn, damn, she did that song. Cause she did that, that song. Of, song that oh, obsessed that, with me. Obsessed with me, yo. I well, that video. What happened? Was like, Hold up. Mm. Well, I'll tell y'all this for a fact. After Eminem was done with her, Mimi got emancipated, all right. But there was no more. <laughs> That was supposed to be him in the gray hoodie in the video. He, he, M, M pays attention to everything, man. You can't get nothing past him enough. But, yeah, uh, no, nah, she she tried it for sure, but I'm yeah. like, you know, and that and what I, was, was even the reason I, for that? I, I was singing that shit. What the video? Because I, I guess supposedly yeah, I don't know, like, just about him saying that they was uh they were together and because how to long ago her. was that though? Like right, I think exactly. that he had like, said he said there. something recently. I think at that point he had said something recently. I can't remember exactly, but I, but I feel like I, I feel like I remembered him saying something. Maybe, maybe she took it too hard because Mariah Carey is also kind of sensitive and she be taking she'd stuff be in shade. Yeah, and that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, she be taking right. shit in shade when it's when maybe it's not. But right, I don't know why. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're totally right, Jess. Um, because Eminem would 
mention her in in a lyric, in a line, or in a punchline, or a metaphor as a joke or anything like that. And then you know she she took it personal, and then she said what you know she came out with that the video that Nick Cannon was dissing and everything. So yeah, M responded to all of that. M stated in an interview once that sometimes like when he's using a celebrity's name. It don't really have nothing to do with them. It's just that yo, your like your name either has the correct amount of syllables to go here, or it's the perfect for what these these like next few bars I have. It fits in perfectly, so I'm just gonna use your name. Um, I think with the history with Mariah, I feel like when he does that with her, and he is just genuinely okay, this fits right here, and it's kind of relevant. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might be her going like, damn, he's still at it, and I don't really think he's like picking a scab. Eminem is just be Eminem, right? Well, as far as this um, this Kamikaze album goes, I think it's heat compared to the, the rest of the stuff uh, that he put out in that time period. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any complaints about this album. Lucky You with Joyner Lucas is a phenomenal song, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I love him and Joyner yeah, together. That was pretty dope. Uh, anytime him and Royce uh, collab, mm-hmm. it's always a good time. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really have nothing bad. To uh, say. real quick. I'm sorry. Can we just backtrack like slightly? Can we talk about that album? The uh, the Fast Meets Evil. Yeah. Well, the, it was an EP, wasn't it? It was. I feel like. Uh, mm, was it an EP? I'm trying to remember. It, now. I mean, it's only could, it's, it's it's nine. You well, could say it was an EP. You can. Well, I mean, according according to the official standards of the Rev Barber MC himself, this ain't an album. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at um Kamikaze by the same standard, it's not really an album. It's only thirteen tracks. It's not. I know it's not an hour long. Uh, Eric, and I heard you what, say before, like you need an hour's worth of music for you to really consider it an album. Eric, what is your criteria for albums again, sir? Yeah, from being from the true school, you know what I'm saying? I like albums to be like maybe an hour or so, not no uh, six to eight tracks. It's not an album. That's an EP back when I was raised, you know. But I understand with these new cats and stuff, they uh, I mean, kind of doing half the work and getting credit for it. But, you know, not matter. You got to evolve and get with the times. Well, Bad Meets Evil, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I have the deluxe edition. The deluxe edition is nine tracks coming in at 37 minutes, which is yeah. kind of short. Okay. Yeah, um, right, right. Okay. I will tell you, Fastlane is a is a great track, in my opinion. Great, great, great song, great if, video. Yep. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, and I know I bring video games up in conversations with rap all the time, but I believe Fastlane was the was the theme song of NBA 2K 11 or 12 or 10 or something like that. So, if I'm not mistaken, I believe so. I believe, so. I believe you, it was also used in a lot of movies too. Fast mm-hmm. and Furious used it. Um, Loud Noises is actually a, uh, a personal favorite of mine just because, you know, Bad Meets oh. Evil and Slaughterhouse in one in mm-hmm. one track. And yeah, that was pretty dope, though. Yeah, that was a big collab. Getting bars when you, when you put that together. Uh, I have mixed feelings on Slaughterhouse, but we'll save that for another episode. But <laughs> I mean, uh, Out the Gate, Welcome to Hell was a great way to start that yeah. album. What did you feel about Lighters with Bruno Mars? Did you like that track? I did. That's a good I song. I did. It I think was cool. I prefer I prefer Royce on that song over M. Um, I feel like maybe, like if Royce would have just did that song with Bruno, I'd feel like it'd probably actually be a little better. You Fair know enough. what I love too about these two guys: the competitive nature when they collab together. They're trying well, to outdo each other. It feels I, like it sounds. You, you can hear the competition. I yeah, I like it. a kiss. That's my that's my favorite song off the 
off the mini album, I'm gonna call it. I still want to put album in the, in the title. Um, <laughs> but a kiss is my favorite. They was they was going back and forth. I love when rappers, especially when they can spit, go back and forth. Um, yeah. And they was they was it wasn't really it was like a freestyle. It was like one long ass fucking freestyle, and they just threw the a kiss uh hook in there real quick. Just that song it. with that song with Mike Epps was stupid, man. <laughs> I'm on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like though they took it back to like when, when we just, they just rapping about dumb shit, having yeah, fun. Yeah, like, yeah. Because, because that's what because that's what's that's what bad meets evil is all about. Like when you hear mm-hmm. scary movies, and when you hear um, nothing to do, like that's that's the old bad meets evil. Those are the songs that they came out with. So yeah, you're right about that. Where they could just rhyme about nothing and just have fun. That's what they do. All right. And then moving on to the finale. Music to be murdered by, which I feel I haven't been... Nobody's murdered me since Ja Rule did on The Last Temptation, but... Uh, <laughs> yep. And, and, and you actually bought that album. Shame. Listen, The Last Temptation was okay. Blood in My no, Eye it wasn't. was a disaster. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Listen. Last Temptation... Was terrible. The pledge is my shit and Thug Lovin', okay? Relax, The only reason why the pledge is your shit is because they sampled the Tupac record and Thug Lovin' because of Bobby Brown, so stop it. This loving, Oh, that video is... That video was offensive. Offensive, yes. (laughs) Listen, I never seen the video, but I like the song, okay? But, um... Girl, I know you get bored! Exactly. That was bad. Bobby Brown, when you made fried chicken in, in, in 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 that crack, that's where you messed up when you when you was on the last temptation. So no nah, man. Hey, hey, hey man, that, that was his prerogative, all right? Leave him alone. But uh uh-huh. his prerogative. But this this mur- music to be murdered by. I got yo, Eminem I and Young. Eminem and Young MA. Eminem and Young MA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Young MA on the track. I don't like those verses on the same track. I don't like I like both verses on the beat, but not together. The fact, the fact that he named the interlude after me, I was kind of flattered, but hey. So, um, uh, really? So you're Alfred the, Hitchcock now. Oh, hey, man. man. <laughs> but uh, Godzilla, I don't have nothing against Juice World. I actually like Juice World, but I feel like Eminem and Juice World don't mesh well together. I agree with you. Um, I thought like, it was I. You the the song the song I like the most because you know I I like posse tracks so when he had Royce and Black Thought and Q Tip and Denai on Yaya how you got Black Thought and Q Tip on a record that was that Word. was tight that's a tight one right there yo little Jeff he did sample um Young M A on Kamikaze so I kind of see the connection wow nah man let oh man let me but, tell you but yo E man, track number nineteen, man, with King Crooked and Joel and Royce. I know, I know that's your joint, man. You already know, man. Slaughterhouse, <laughs> man. What? And and they did it without Joe Budden. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, on, on purpose. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Joe Buttons said that he could end, he could come out of retirement and end Eminem's career, which I was like, he's like, I'm, I'm not gonna do it, but I could. It's like, like then shut Button. the fuck up if you're not gonna do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, go front, I would love a back and forth between Button and M. I would love it. That would be good. I would, would love it. I would love to see it myself. I would love to see it myself, but it, don't say, that's like a motherfucker that just be like, like, yeah, like, like I could knock that nigga out, but I ain't gonna mm-hmm. do it. Like he's like, okay, mm-hmm. if you ain't gonna do it, then then because the he was talking like, about it extensively, like half his fucking 
half the uh, that episode of his podcast, he was talking about mm-hmm. that shit. He's like, okay, dog, I've shut been up. better than you for the past ten years. <laughs> I mean, yo, I used to, okay, yo, I used to hate listening to episodes when he would talk about M because it's just like he'll put on his quote unquote serious voice. Yeah, like, yeah, I just want to be serious so they know that I'm not talking shit. Like, nah, you talking wild shit, buddy. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Wow. Yo, I mean, Remy Ma called him pussy to his face. <laughs> well, he said that on Complex. Because what are you like, going to say to Remy Ma? He yeah. <laughs> shoot his He's ass like, right there on his shit. You ain't respond to none of M's joints, so it's like, what you doing? Well, mm-hmm. uh, quick update on uh, on on Mr. Button. Um, you won't be listening to his podcast no more unless you pay for it. Now that man signed a deal with Patreon, so yes, going for starting yeah, next I wanna, week. I want to talk about that later if y'all don't start, mind. Start start starting starting next week. That man, you ain't listening to nothing that he produces for free. You got to pay for it, which I don't really. I guess when you got a following, you could do that. But um, and on a side note, uh. I, I, I keep forgetting that Crooked Eye changed his name to King Crooked. He'll King always King be Crooked Eye and uh he'll always be Crooked Eye to me. Uh shout outs to the row. What's up, big sugar? Keep your head keep your head up. We riding with him. But um, You riding with him and look what happened when you ride with him. <laughs> li- 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 listen, listen, like I said, man, you do it for the kids. Rap lab is for the kids, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, rap lab for the kids. When you ride with Shug, only two things happen. What happens? <laughs> you know what happens. I don't know what happens. You do know what happens, fool. You want me to say it? Listen, I don't ride in BMWs in, in Vegas, all right? Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, make sure you don't, because if you do, you're dead. And you don't find and you don't and you don't find me on uh movie lot sets in Compton, man. You, he had no business being there. And mm-hmm. he's in the movie, bro. He, 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 he wanted, had no business he being want, there. He same as to... how same as how he showed up to the end of club video shoot for what? Bro, why they was what? portraying him in the movie? He wanted to see if it was an accurate and respectful up, portrayal. He, he has a right. Shoot. He you, has a right, bro. You guys know about that? When he showed up at the Fifty Cent video shoot, Eminem was there. A whole bunch of other people was there. You guys know about that? I've heard you guys mention it before. Yeah, he showed up with a whole bunch of people, and he stood face to face with D Twelve, G Unit. Everybody was downstairs. Fifty Cent was upstairs laughing. But yeah, that's exactly Word. what went down. Listen, man. Shout, shout out. Looking for trouble, man. Shout, shout out to Big Sugar. If it wasn't for Sugar, we would have never got uh, all eyes on me or Doggy Style or the crowd. Sugar goes looking for trouble. Listen, in, in theory, the in theory, if Sugar Knight didn't start Death Row, we wouldn't even have Eminem because Dr. Dre would have never went to Death Row and broke away from Death Row to start Aftermath, and you know who it. co-funded Death Row. Big Sugar. Who co-funded Death Row? That's a, a good question. I don't who know. Who gave Sugar the money? Yes, you do. <laughs> who gave Sugar the money? I don't know, man. I you listen. Know, and, and by the way, he just got pardoned, by the way, and just got released. You know, Who, about Big that, Don't you? No, Should I'm talking be? about Harry O. I'm talking about Harry O. That guy. Oh. He's home now. Harry O. Him. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not trying to get in trouble here. Stop name yes, dropping. You are. No, listen, you got to put the facts all the way. You talk about Big Sugar. Keep your head up. Keep your, keep your head up. What? Stop with Big Sugar. Ain't no Big Sugar, man. Yeah, every time I hear Big Sug, I'm thinking you talk about Gangsta. Homie, gangsta. That's the Big Sug you need to be talking about. OG Sug. <sighs> OG the real Sug. Listen, man. But uh, let, let's talk about this music to be murdered by. Like, I feel like the better version is the one that came out earlier this year, the B-Sides, the Deluxe. Yeah, the Deluxe was tight. I, I, I was very interested in, in But you know what? I get it. The whole Alfred Hitchcock thing, the whole theme behind it, 
I got it. Like I understood. I understood where he was going with that. But I agree. The B side was was was, was way more. Isn't it? Crazy. Isn't it crazy? On the B side, he has Dr. Dre featured on the track, but Dre didn't produce the track. Right. <laughs> which is which is kind of interesting. A lot of these producers, I don't even know. Like that happened before though with Jay Z. Yeah. And with Snoop when he did Ego Tripping, but like Illita producer, I have no idea who that is. MJ Nichols, Black Nails, I have no idea who that is. Like, and is opportunities. Isn't it also funny that he collaborates with DJ Premier as well? DJ Premier is rapping on this song and he didn't produce it either. Right. <laughs> Ain't that something? You and, got I, on and, and, and the funny thing is, in all those years that he was with Gangstar and he produced for all these East Coast heads, he never once got on a microphone verbally, but he did it for Eminem. So, but I don't know. This album is feel, like I like the B sides, but the the original album. Hmm. Yeah, you mean the track with Anderson Pack and all that? Yeah, like I'm gonna go out on a limb here, right? With Eminem's body of work, how it is now. If Eminem never released another album or even another song ever again, I think I would be okay. Cause I feel, I, I feel like the more he puts out, the more he's hurting that legacy, and the more he's hurting my, my respect for him. You think so? Yeah. He dropped on my top five list. Honestly, um, he's like third on my top five list now, and it's because of these. Uh, it's because of relapse. Like encore, like I said, when I heard it, it, it's, it was good to me. Um, I was young. Now that I'm an adult, I'm still a dickhead on the inside, and I'm still a fucking... I'm an idiot sometimes, so I still... Like, I can rock with it. Relapse, and... um, Marshall Mathers LP2, decent. But these last couple ones, I was just... Kamikaze was the only good thing I felt like he dropped in the last couple ones. I feel like I liked it, but even then, I just felt like I was looking at it like, yo, you're not giving me your best because you're trying to prove something... That one has already been proven into pe- to whoever you're trying to prove it to. Like, like when he did Rap God, I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't have nobody to prove it to but yourself. I feel like now he's actually trying to prove it to people. Like, he's calling out Joe Budden. What do you have to prove to Joe Budden? You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, he did once again prove that he can rap. But it's at, at a certain point, it's just like, come on. And we know you can rap. rap. You know what I'm saying? like, Yeah. I, I think... I mean, I think now with M, now M is, 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 he has to be inspired by certain things. Like, clearly you see he's inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's um, records, because Alfred Hitchcock used to make these, uh, these spoken word albums, and, and Alfred Hitchcock's music to be murdered by, that's the name of Alfred Hitchcock. So he was probably listening to that, got inspired by that, and followed that theme. So, I mean, what do you guys feel like with M, do you think what does Eminem have to do to recapture that formula? You, that he you know what? Go ahead, I just want to piggyback off what Nivlak said because I 100% agree with what he's saying. But yeah. what he did with Machine Gun Kelly was super entertaining, man. Like, I actually really enjoyed that beef, and I felt like Machine Gun Kelly was the one to really be the only one that could come at M, I guess, maybe because like the style, the look, and everything. And I actually enjoyed it. And with um, Kill Shot that really brought a beast out of Eminem. And I wish that um more of his, like, this is whether it's Joe Budden or even Ja Rule would, would be more like that, you know? And he, like Nivlak said, he really doesn't have to, or Alfred, he doesn't really have to 
drop anything else to solidify his name. I think we covered that earlier in the pod too. But Correct. Correct. He, he's always he's always gonna be one of the goats, man. Just based off, not even early, but even half of his career. You know, everything mm-hmm. lately, it kind of just it's just like the whipped cream, the chocolate, and the cherry. It's it's getting a little overfilled yeah. now. I'm a, yeah, it's kind of like I, I got a I have a taste for Eminem, but it's kind of like if you put too much on like you the same description you was using, you put too much on a cake. I'm gonna be looking at it like that's way too sweet for me, bro. Right. And I feel like that's what his legacy is probably gonna start to look like look at look like. Like I'm gonna have the memories because I grew up with it. But just looking at it objectively, we gotta count these albums. I'm I'm gonna put it to you like yeah. this. If I if I could relay it to sports, which is something I've been doing quite often on this podcast lately. But I'm here for it. Eminem is like the Vince Carter of hip hop, right? Comes out the gate hot, starts off hot. We remember Vince Carter in Toronto, right? You can't give the man no championships, bro. Hold on, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about team accomplishments because championships oh, is a team it's accomplishment. It's not only about team accomplishments, but go ahead, make your point. You can't so, be D Wade, bro. D Wade, better. I feel like D Wade was comparison. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call him D Wade because D Wade. D Wade's career didn't last as long as Vince Carter's did. So, but hear me out. Mm. So you think of Vince Carter. You think of him on the Raptors, greatness. You think of him on on the New Jersey Nets. Okay, still at the same level, maybe one notch down. But by the time you get to the Sacramento Kings and then the Atlanta Hawks, he's just like a shell of himself. Like it's good to see him still around. It's good to see he him can still windmill. Uh, he, it's good to see him windmill every once in a while, but I like that you inside, said that he can still windmill. He been, but, he's been trying to show us. I could, I could dunk. Yeah, but just right, but just right. but just like on Kamikaze when Nivlak said he's trying to show us he can still rap. Like yeah. it's the same it's the same it's the same kind of effect. You feel me? It's just like we and, and like we all have this idea of of what Eminem was and the Eminem that we all knew and the Eminem that was a monster and a beast. And it's just, I don't think he could recapture that that acclaim. You know what I mean? So, just Yeah, like, and I don't think he needs to. He doesn't need, and honestly, he can't because the what, what, what was acceptable in 99 and 2000, like a lot of his mm-hmm. old back catalog doesn't age well in 2021. There's a lot of stuff that he says that if a rapper or a musician was to come out now and say that same shit on a record, right. he'd be canceled. Mm-hmm. So... If you make a record talking about you gonna kill your wife while while she while while your daughter is sleeping in the next room, they go that's cancel culture. That's domestic. That's attempted murder and domestic violence. Like you, you can't do that. Yeah. Yep. Even <laughs> even even fact. on even on um Kamikaze when he referred to Tyler the he he literally called Tyler the Creator a faggot, and everybody was up in arms about that. But he was calling people faggots in '99 and 2000 and. Yep. Nobody said anything, but it's a different time and a different day now. Like, so I don't think he could recapture that magic. And then, like, I don't think shock his shock value from from twenty one years ago is gonna work. Especially since he's older now. He's a no, yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, I was just about to say that. Up. I was like, yeah, he's kind of old. Yeah, like I mean, you know. so, yeah, nah. Like I said, I, I feel I feel for him to protect. Is he is he a great lyricist? Yes, but I, I feel like to protect his legacy, he shouldn't. He shouldn't come out with any more music, like, or maybe like a sporadic release. But, and also to finish my point on Eminem, and I know Nivlak, you going, you're gonna be up in arms about this, and maybe you too, Jess, since you're you're from Detroit. 
But I feel like Eminem is one of the most overrated rappers ever. Like, you ask somebody your top five, right? Ouch. No, you ask... You ask I, that's, ouch is exactly my sentiment. That's exactly what I was... I said. Wow. Like, like wow. I, I've asked so many that's people... That's hurtful. What, what, I ask so many people what their top five is. And the answer is usually always the same. And, and not maybe not in the same order, but it's always Biggie, Pac, Nas, um, Hove, and, and Eminem. That's my like, problem. Like, I don't know. Eminem is definitely in my top ten, but I'm not putting him in the five. Nah, he's definitely my five. Yeah, but he's, he's up there. I mean, I feel like his later I works. I put is him on him. my hip hop Mount Rushmore. Really? <laughs> I put him sure. on mine. He'd be you one could. of the faces on mine. You know, Mount. You know, Mount. You know, Mount Rushmore is only four heads, right? We can call about yeah. that. No problem. Yeah. yeah he's my three, I so he's, he's on my he's on my Mount Rushmore too. He's on my yeah, he'd be on my Mount Rushmore. He taught me we, he taught me how to play with words. Like how to truly play with words. I don't I feel like yes, he was white, so he got away with saying um stuff that especially at that time we wouldn't be able to get away with saying, right? But I feel like just the control that man has over words is phenomenal in and of itself and it also taught me like you don't have to all your rhymes don't have to be like hat bat you know um you could take two words that when you just say them correctly like as, as if you were reading out of the dictionary they don't sound anything alike but if you stretch it the right way and you I'm twist glad, it you add a little paprika thank you. i'm glad you brought that up because i and, and and not to cut you off but to add to it because they did the interview with him about Nothing rhymes with orange. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was about to bring that up when you said that. With orange. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Said that. Orange and orange rhyme. When you just say it, like if you was doing that stupid knock knock joke, right? Uh, I forgot how I go exactly. Like my dad jokes is trash. But aren't you glad I didn't say orange? That rhymes, my nigga. Like, and that's, that's, that's not even. I guess. I guess uh, Nivlak hit mute by mistake, but oh yeah, but uh, no, nah, he's totally I, I get, right. I get, nah, I get, I get what he's saying uh, on that. Um, like I said, my my per- that's me and I'm personal opinion. Like you know what it is? I can't forget encore. I can't forget. I can't forget music to be murdered by. I can't forget revival. Like you know what I mean? And compared to some of my other favorites, like three, three, three bad albums, bro. Sometimes one is enough to get you bumped down the list, but three I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I, I I I would say acquired taste for those. I wouldn't say gut blunt trash bad. See, like, but M's not a <laughs> either, and ain't, ain't no disrespect to M. Go ahead, Neville. Nah, I was just gonna say like, yeah, relapse. We could put in there with the Dutch guts. You could put. Well, that yeah, that does too. Because I didn't like. I didn't like relapse. So that's four yeah. bad. Four bad albums. Like, can we like? Can we for really like forget those? I can't forget them because they they're you out can't there. The forget them? No, I don't no, respect no, that you no, call no, an encore a bad album. It, it was it was it was right underneath decent, but it wasn't bad. Right underneath decent, bro. Uh, that man. makes it, sense it, to me. If I if I didn't value my collection, uh, I would have uh, put some lighter fuel on it and uh, put it in the uh, out in the alley and struck a match. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying that um, M's not in my five, but it's no disrespect to him or anything like that. But 
Yeah, I'm kind of deep in the game because, like, you know, I got guys like Rakim, Kane, you know, all over my list and stuff like that. But, it, you know, like I, like I said before on the last pod, everybody's top five, everybody's list is not going to be the same. But the majority do have MA five. And I'm not one to argue with it because I understand because there's guys out there like Nivelak who's gotten inspired by him, by his flow and by everything he did, whether you're black, white, Spanish, Chinese, anything, man. Eminem is super, super influential, man. You can't take that away from him. So if he's on his five or anyone else's five, I'm not one to argue with it. But personally, he's just not on mine because, you know, I got guys like, like I said, Rakim, Nas, Kane, things like that. But no, I, have a I question. get you. Yes, sir. That's fair. Um, That's fair. How, how much does it matter that he bought us Slaughterhouse and he bought us 50 Cent, who in turn bought us G-Unit? Does that, does that count? Oh yes, it does. It counts. It, does. it, it, it count. It doesn't count as him the musician. I say it counts as him the executive, or him for his ear for music. But then when I also think yeah. of his ear for music, I also can't forget what he did to the Tupac catalog. So it's just like, you know, you like gotta, you maybe gotta look at it. You gotta look. It's just like what I told you. He couldn't be hands on with Pac in the studio. He got the vocals. He could be hands on with Fifty Cent. He could be hands on with Slaughterhouse. He could be there and be. But no, but 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 see, I don't like that. I don't like that argument because you have you have the vocals. Why don't you just craft the beat around the vocals? It depends on who's the producer. You know what happens, Alfred? Not every producer can do that. This is what happens, Alfred. Um, when you are a rapper and you get to sit with the producer. You tailor your rhymes to what they're doing, and they tailor what they're doing with the beat to what y'all doing. It becomes y'all. Every the the lyrics, there's a there's a sprinkle of the producer's flavor on it, and the beat is a sprinkle of the rapper's flavor on it. When you get to sit and work together, feel me? Exactly. You, you know, you, you, he ate those. He wrote. He wrote. I mean, he recorded those with on other beats. He didn't get to sit and vibe with him, and M didn't get to sit with vibe with him. There was no, there was no crossing exactly. of flavors. You see, That's but 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 see now here's now now now, now here's now here's my counter argument to that, right? So, Tupac had other uh, posthumous albums before and after M touched his stuff, right? And those beats on "Until the End of Time" and "Better Days." And it's not, even some of them on Pac's life better suited Pac than the Eminem stuff. And none of those producers outside of LT Hutton actually sat down in the studio with dude. Quick, cause, quick, quick. Well, well, quick did too. But outside of quick and LT Hutton, nobody um, produced who for Pac. Did you have, who else did you have on there? Because remember, on what Until the End of Time, on Until the End of Time, Cole 187 did, did a lot of those beats on Until the End of Time. He worked um, with Pac before. While he, oh yeah, he did while he was alive because he was on that above the above the law album. You think Red Spider ever worked with Pac? And that Fifty Cent Pac joint was kind of was kind of fire. It's kind of fire, but it was mostly about Fifty. True. If you really think about that record. I, I I I give you that. I give you that. But I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at track listings, right? And mind you, until the end of time was recorded in in '96, right? Um. Let's see, Johnny J, Johnny J, Johnny J. Okay, Johnny and J. That is, and and if that's not the biggest producer Pac worked with, I don't know who is. All right, let's go to Better Days because I know Better Days has let. All right, so you really mean to tell me Jazzy Faye, Jazzy Faye worked with Tupac in the you, goddamn? Just because you like that song in particular and the way it was produced, that's just because you like the song and the way it was produced by Jazzy Faye. Was every track on Better Days hot? 
No. No, I'll give you it's that. It's an acquired taste. That's what I'm trying to tell you. i give you that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like... And then we've yeah. seen other we, we've seen other posthumous albums released. You think more than 75% of Pop, Pop Smoke's album, he was he was there in the studio with the you producer? Can't, you can't compare Pop Smoke and Tupac. I'm not comparing Pop Smoke and Tupac to rappers. I'm just I saying, like, the process... Really- I get your theory, but I agree with what Nye Black said. There's a difference when you're sitting with that particular artist. M did it yeah. from a fan perspective, and and again, does M get a lot of get a lot of credit for his production? No, he's not heralded as a producer. That's that, that's another thing you got to account for. Now continue. No, 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 no. I agree with you, Nye Black. You got you you got to account for that too. It depends on who M is working with. Like, look at look at M's production resume. How many artists has he produced for other than himself and Fifty? He produced for Jay Z. We know that. He produced what? for he produced for Obi Trice. He produced for Stat Quo. He produced for Trick Trick. Um, you see the connection with that? Yeah. But 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 to my further point, like you think Tupac sat down in the studio with Swiss Beats, and that remix to um. You comparing him and another producer to Swiss Beats? It's I'm, the song. It's the song you like in particular, and for for the record, Crazy Bone smoked it. He did smoke it. I agree, and I'm not comparing him as uh, producers, bro. I'm just saying, like, they didn't sit down. I'm just going to the argument that they didn't sit down together. But these are songs you like in particular, based on production style. I guess I guess I'm gonna be the odd man out in this uh, in this argument. <laughs> no, that's I, fine. No, no, I, I, like, I, I respect it. I respect, I respect it. it. It's respect. Say he's um like overrated. I'm gonna argue just because I'm such an Eminem fan, so I will yeah. argue it. But I for real, for real, I can't Al, respect you're it. Taking it too far. Yeah, Al, I think your grievance because of Encore and 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 what he did with the Tupac albums is too much. Well, you, you know what? Just, you perfect, can't just discredit the man because of that. Perfect example. People, t- pe- I've heard people say that Nas is not as good as a lot of people think he is, and I'm like, yo, Nas only got one bad album I could think of out out of all his work. So, but yeah, but for for Eminem, not for everybody. But for Eminem, thing about Eminem as far as being overrated, my combat to that is, we as Eminem fans are still sitting here like, yo, this album was meh. That shit is Dutch guts. He could have did better. We're not. We're not like looking at encore like yo that shit was fire. Like we're not being delusional about it. We we're saying this yeah. real. like yo he was good here, great here, and please don't do that again. Thanks. But we that's how exactly. everybody talks about him. Nobody really like. <clears throat> so I got this rule about talking negative about Beyonce because my podcast is not big enough to survive an attack from the Beehive, right? But. <laughs> Let's just say that there are certain fan bases out there that are extremely delusional. I don't think Eminem's fan base is delusional, and I don't think like I agree the with fans you. of his that are outside his core are delusional. Yep. Also, we, I agree we with that point. That. That's a fact. I agree. I agree with that point. And uh, yeah, I'm not doing us no favors because if we ever tried to get on Shade 45, I'd get us denied. But um, no, I agree with that point. I, I completely agree. Eminem's fan base is not delusional. Um, despite the song, he doesn't have any stands, so I, 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 I can respect that viewpoint. Um, so let's play a quick game of word association. I go around the room, uh, everybody, and I'll start with, uh, Jess, since you are our guest from, from Detroit. Just one word, mm-hmm. one word that, to you, that sums up Eminem. 
Oh man, one word that sums up Eminem. Damn, damn. I would say that one word that sums up Eminem is. Uh, I feel like I, I know the word that I'm trying to. I, I almost gotta look up the word that I'm, <laughs> that I'm uh, trying that I have in my head, but uh, damn, and it's I, it's gotta be one literary. Okay, uh, Rev Barber, how about you? Innovative. Okay. Uh, Q. <laughs> actually, Rev. Actually, Rev the Barber stole my word, so I got to think of a new <laughs> My bad, G. My bad, G. Nah, it's, it's all good. Um, if I if I got to come up with a word for M besides that one, I'm going to say... I'm going to say perseverance. Okay. Nivlak? Insane. Okay. And uh, if I had to put up a word, I would say prominent. So... Here we go. All right, I guess we uh we reached the end of uh of this Eminem episode. Um, definitely want to give a big a big thank you to uh, Miss Ruiz for joining us. Yes, it's not every, yes. Not, it's not Welcome. every day. It's not every. It's not. A, it's not every day we get a spouse of a co-host on the show. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> thank uh, you guys so much for having me. I enjoyed myself. I appreciate. Um, you guys. Quick question. Is there anything that any projects or creative stuff you're working on that you might want to plug or share real quick? Um, you know, outside of like, you know, doing the mommy thing, I do do uh freelance graphic design. So, you know, Ooh, I got my degree in it. It's I'm a uh, you know, but um I still like I love to draw. That's my thing. So, you know, anything. Anything having to do with art, graphic design, any visual d- design or art thing or whatever—that's my—that's my jam. I don't have—I uh, don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I do have a Twitter though, and I talk a lot of shit. So, you know. Oh, hold on, 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 hold on. Hold on. Just wait, 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 wait a minute. You do, you do graphic design. I do. Yo, yo, E, come on, man. You hear me? You, you, yo, man. We, we trying to get a new logo made and. Oh, damn. In his defense, in his defense, he did uh, speak to me about that, and I did like draw like little sketches and stuff like that. But um, you know, if at some point I can get like maybe one of y'all or both of y'all on Facetime, and like I could take, I could just sketch some stuff out for y'all, see if y'all like it, and then I can put it to uh, like Illustrator or whatever the case. Then y'all can just let me know whenever. Yo, we um, right out there. But the, you definitely know. did bring it up to me though. Oh, all right. Never mind. E. You, 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 good, bro. We, we I, I wanted, to, I, wa- I wanted to, I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted to, I want to keep it in the family. You know what I mean? Because the show is like an extended family, and um, as part of it, that. yeah, no problem. And speaking of extended family, Nivlak, you part of the family, bro? Because we in the same podcast yeah. network, bro. You already so, know, bro. Um, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. I, I'm, I apologize. It took almost. Almost what eight nine months to get you back on, but um, nah, that's cool, bro. Listen, um, I'm most times when it comes to the rap lab podcast, all I am is a casual, not even casual. I'm like, I listen to every episode, but I am just an observer, I am just a student. Um, 
not gonna hear my voice on the rap lab too much because you guys are like encyclopedias. I said it the last time. I think Eric said it the first time he was on too. Like listening to y'all talk crazy. Like like how the fuck do y'all have this knowledge in your head? Feel me? So it makes sense that it took this long to get me back because most time all of these episodes in between this one and Kanye, I was like, okay, I'm learning. Okay, I'm learning. Okay, I'm learning. Okay, I'm learning. And I was stuck on absorb. But when we talk at Eminem, I I have a lot to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And um let me let me ask you a question real quick, Nivlack. Can you tell everybody where they could um where they could find Always Right and tell them about an uh, update on your music? All right, so boom. Uh, you can find the podcast on all major streaming platforms. Um, it's a show, just me and my wife. We talk uh, about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Um, sometimes it's a serious con- uh, content. Sometimes it's like just we just talking shit. Um, sometimes we'll put out like small snippets of us trying to get an episode started. And it's just like 20, 25 minutes of us bullshitting because like that's my best friend. You feel me? Um, right. You can find the podcast. Uh, if y'all want to like communicate with us, you can email us uh, alwayswritepod at gmail. We're on Twitter at alwayswritepod. Um, Instagram all underscore ways underscore right. You can search alwayswritepod for the uh, Facebook group that we have. And as far as me and the music, um, Niflack Lamarge, man, everywhere. Um, Right now, I'm just on SoundCloud. I ain't going to hold you while I'm perfecting my craft. I'm jacking niggas beats. And this is practice for me right now. Um, I dropped a freestyle not too long ago. I'm actually dropping another one. Well, it'll be out by the time this episode drop. Um, I'm working on a few EPs. Like I said, I'm just working on my craft. Um, I'm a studio engineer, fledging studio engineer. So I'm taking this time to practice that trait too. Um, I did not go to school for it, but I'm kind of picking up graphics. Uh, please don't, don't come to me. If y'all trying to give y'all money to anybody, please give it to, uh, to the Mrs. Barber. Feel me? Um, I'ma just watch from afar. Just try to learn a few things. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, check it out. Um, next year I'm really going to push the music extra heavy. Uh, so start, start, start listening to me now. So when I get hot. You could be one of those people that's like, man, you ain't even, you ain't, you wasn't even there. Like, you, 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 you want him now? You want him now? You want to nah, be one of those people? Congrats on that song. Be one of those Cong- people. Congrats on that song you shared, though, man. That song is tough, man. Yeah, out of time. That's gonna be yeah. on the next EP. Um, I mixed that by myself. I recorded myself. I wrote it myself, obviously. Um, like I said, I'm jacking niggas' beats right now. Nice. Yeah, most definitely, and um, we're very happy to have you on, bro. Um. Definitely, we're gonna link your SoundCloud, and we're gonna we're gonna link um the the link to Always Right in the in the description. Um, yeah, so uh, we we got you covered. Um, and before we get out of here, um, like like I said, shout outs to Nimblack and Christina on Always Right. Shout outs to the Flossy Posse. Shout outs to Therefore in the War podcast. Shout outs to uh, the Cool Podcast with the Cool Brother Malik doing big things. Uh, that boy got some artwork now, and uh, that that shit is dope. His content is dope. Episodes is dope. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, I, I made that artwork. I just want y'all, I mean, so if you if you only try to spend like $10, maybe, you know what I mean? My man I, said, said he's undercutting. <laughs> <Not But>, um, <laughs> I got but, it for the load. I'm going that other block. Nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Nah, but um, nah, shout outs to all the dope podcasts out there. Um, Once again, uh, we're going to be in Atlantic City uh, June 25th and 28th. Um, You know, Boardwalk Buds. Um, if you're interested in, you know, uh, rumor has it, um, they're going to be, uh, having some recreational herbage out there. So it's legal in Jersey now, you know, so don't tell nobody. Nice. We out there. We out there. Absolutely. And, uh, 
they just announced that they're gonna have a chimp smoking a cigar on the boardwalk. So that's what I'm excited for. That and the taco truck. Oh, I'm here for that. Shit. <laughs> you know Yo, what cute. I just realized? What's up? Join you guys out there. That's actually my anniversary weekend. Yo, if you, yo, bro, come through, come through, and um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna this is my show to be there. That might yeah. be a little. I mean, I'll bro, talk nah, bro, bro, um, yeah, link, 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 link me off air, and we'll we'll talk about it. I might, I, it, bro. I, I might just it. tell him, I might just tell him you you part of the staff with us, bro, and we get you there. All right, we gonna talk, bro. All right, but uh, yeah, man. So uh, thank you to Jess, thank you to Nivlack, and uh, Rap Lab signing out. Peace.